afternoon, directors, staff, and members of the public. We thank you for joining us. This meeting is being held in hybrid format, occurring in person at City Hall, room 400, broadcast live on SFCUB TV and by phone. Please note that a time limit of 10 minutes of remote public comment on each action or discussion item has been set and noticed for the meeting. The phone number to use today is 415-655-0001, access code 2660-733-6624. When the item is called, dial star three to enter the queue. Commenters will have up to two minutes to provide comment unless otherwise noted by the chair. Please speak clearly, ensure you're in a quiet location and turn off any TVs or computers around you. Places you on item two, roll call. Director Hemminger. Here. Hemminger present. Director Hinsey. Present. Hinsey present. Director Yukutiel. Here. Yukutiel present. Director Kahina. Here. Kahina present. Chair Egan. Here. Egan present. Director So is not expected at today's meeting. And for the record, I know that Director Hinsey is attending this meeting remotely. Director Hinsey is reminded that she must appear on camera throughout the meeting and in order to speak or vote on any items. Places you on item number three. The ringing and use of cell phones and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting. The chair may order the removal from the meeting room. Any person responsible for the ringing or use of a cell phone or other similar sound producing electronic devices. Places you on item number four. Amending Transportation Code Division 2, Section 601, to designate Muni and tra Taxi transit only lanes on Geary Boulevard, eastbound, inbound, from 33rd Avenue to 15th Avenue, and Geary Boulevard, westbound, outbound, from 15th Avenue to 32nd Avenue. Approving related parking and traffic modifications as listed in the agenda um, under items A through JJJ, and providing two options for the board to decide on the timing of project implementation. A, approve the project and direct the Director of Transportation to implement all quick build phase improvements, including transit lanes, anticipated around fall 2023, and implement other capital improvements, anticipated 2025 to late 2027, as recommended by staff. Or B, approve the project, including all all quick build and capital improvements, but direct the Director of Transportation to delay implementation of transit lanes on the following blocks until the start of the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission water and sewer construction in the Geary project area no sooner than 2025. Geary Boulevard between 15th and 16th Avenues, 17th and 20th Avenues, and 25th and 27th Avenues in the outbound direction, and Geary Boulevard between 22nd and 20th Avenues, and 19th and 17th Avenues in the inbound direction. Good afternoon, Chair Eakin and board members. I'm Liz Bryson, the project manager for the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project. Can we get the slides up? Great. So just as a little context setting, the Geary Corridor is an extremely important part of our city's transit network. Uh, currently carries about 36,000 riders on a given day. Uh, the ridership was as high as about 56,000 prior to the pandemic. And we really consider the Geary line a, a workhorse of the Muni system. It connects so many important destinations from downtown and Union Square to Tenderloin, Japantown, Fillmore, and the Richmond. Uh, it's a line that's busy at all times of day, connecting people going to work, to school, to shop, to parks, uh, and many other important trip purposes. Uh, the project before you today, the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project, runs between Stanyon Street and 34th Avenue, as shown in blue. Uh, this work builds on a first phase of improvements called the Geary Rapid Project that implemented similar transit and safety improvements between Stanyon Street 
and Market Street and was delivered on time and on budget about two years ago. Uh, there's two main needs we're trying to address through the proposed project. Uh, the first set of needs have to do with improving transit performance and muni customer experience. Uh, and some of the uh, particular elements of that include uh, the, the Geary corridor currently has some gaps in transit lanes through the Geary commercial core. Um, and that means that buses can sometimes get stuck behind cars as shown in the image on the right. It doesn't take uh, significant traffic congestion for one or two cars to stop a bus from getting a green light and getting through to the next intersection. Uh, many of the bus zones in the corridor are uh, substandard, meaning there's not enough room for the bus driver to pull all the way over to the curb to provide for safe and accessible boarding. Uh, and many of the bus stops are near side before the intersection, which means that the, um, the, the bus is not able to take advantage of our signal priority system. In terms of safety, uh, the Geary Corridor is part of the city's high injury network that has a disproportionate share of severe and fatal collisions. On average, one person walking is injured in a traffic collision within the project area every month. And four of the top 10 intersections with the highest number of injury and fatality collisions within District 1 are within our project limits. I mentioned that first phase of improvements east of Stanion. Uh, there's quite a bit of um, evaluation work that we've done that demonstrates the success of the project, um, as shown on the slide. A few to highlight include that we saw transit travel times up to 18% faster, reliability up to 37% better, uh, an 80% reduction in vehicles going over 40 miles per hour or excessive speeding. Uh, and we also heard a lot of feedback from Muni riders who really appreciated the improvements. We did an onboard survey after our quick build implementation on that phase of work, and riders said they were riding the bus more frequently and had noticed an improvement. And so a little context setting, the Geary Corridor has a long history of planning um, and design iteration. Um, until a few years ago, the plan for this segment of the project area involved putting bus lanes in the center of the street, similar to Van Ness Avenue, through much of the Richmond segment of the corridor between Arguello and 28th Avenue. Um, about two years ago, we put out a recommendation to instead pursue a design where the transit lanes are on the side of the street next to the parking lane as they are in the rest of the Geary Corridor, and that's for several reasons. Um, one is it allows us to accelerate delivery of most of the transit and safety benefits um, that are possible to achieve through the quick build phase of the project that we'll talk more about uh, later, later today. Um, it also significantly limits construction disruption because uh, there's not a need to uh, tear out an existing median and put in two new medians to protect the buses. It doesn't require linear construction along the entire corridor. It only requires construction at spot locations where we'd be putting in things like bus bulbs or pedestrian bulbs. Uh, the third reason is particularly important to me as a transit enthusiast. It preserves transit operational flexibility. Uh, one of the things that was less than ideal about the prior design is that there would not have been room for rapid buses to pass local buses, and there would have been slightly more stops for the rapid bus as compared to today. So even though you do save a little more travel time by having the bus totally protected by cars in a median, you lose most of that travel time savings by having the bus stop more frequently, and you lose local stops, which is a, a difficult trade-off as well. Um, this also improves the cost effectiveness of the benefits. 
the current cost estimate for our project is $48 million. The uh, an estimate for the center running project uh, during the environmental phase was $235 million. Um, and it also avoids uh, removing uh, the trees in the median of Geary. Oh, sorry, one other thing I wanted to say on this slide. So um, during the first round of outreach uh, for this iteration of the project with side running lanes, we asked a survey to ask whether people supported us moving in this direction. And two thirds of the people who responded to our survey said they definitely or probably supported that direction. Okay, so one of the big elements of the project proposals has to do with closing the gap in transit lanes. And so there's currently about 10 blocks uh, where there is not yet a transit lane on Geary Boulevard um, within our project limits. And in those locations, the street configuration looks like the image on the top right. Uh, there's two travel lanes per direction and, and, and angled parking. Um, and with the proposal uh, that we have as a part of this project, the angled parking would convert to parallel parking and then there would be a total of three lanes, one designated as a transit lane and two for general traffic. And so this is actually one thing that's different than a lot of our other transit lane projects. We're not taking away of travel um, and therefore we're actually gonna also see some benefits as it relates to improving traffic flow because there'll be two lanes for cars plus one lane for buses and cars won't have to um, get stuck behind buses in the same way that they do today. And just zooming out to give a little bit bigger context, um, on this diagram, everything shown in light pink is where we already have a side running transit lane. Uh, the locations in solid red are the locations that are pro proposed to uh, implement a transit lane through, through this project. And it varies a little bit between the inbound and outbound direction. It's generally 15th to 25th Avenue plus a, a few different blocks that you can see on the map. Uh, so I mentioned uh, that we have many bus stops that are located near side. Uh, the project proposals include relocating 10 bus stops that are before the intersection to be far side or after the intersection. Uh, there's two local bus stops that would be removed and all bus, zones lengthened, all bus zones would be lengthened to provide enough space for buses to pull flush over to the curb. Uh, I have a map to also help illustrate the bus stop changes. Uh, so uh, you can see each of the locations where a bus stop is proposed to move from near side to far side are shown uh, with the X and then the little arrow pointing to the new location. The red ones are rapid stops, the blue ones are local only. Um, and then you can see the 12th Avenue stops are proposed for removal. These are local stops that have pretty low ridership and uh, the current stop spacing is um, too frequent compared to what our standard is. And when we uh, remove the stop, we still stay within our bus um, spacing standards, which is also somewhat uh, complementary to the proposed relocation of the inbound uh, Park Presidio stop to Funston, which decreases the distance a little bit further between 9th and Park and Funston. Uh, the other big set of improvements for the project have to do with safety. Um, it includes elimination of 11 unprotected left turns, which are shown in this map. Left turns are about 40% of pedestrian, uh, I forget if it's injuries or fatalities, one or the other. Um, there also would be 23 pedestrian bulb outs, 37 median refuges that provide a safe place for people to wait in the middle of the street, uh, daylighting at all, all intersections, and retiming the signals to give people walking enough time to cross the street and also give uh, a head start before vehicles can go. 
Uh, in terms of benefits for Geary riders, um, we estimate that for someone that travels round trip through the project area, they would save about five and a half minutes per day, uh, which would add up to about 22, 22.7 hours for someone um, traveling daily over the course of a year. And if you add that number together for all of the Geary riders, it adds up to about 57,000 hours. Uh, I think it's also important to um, conceptualize that the, the improvements that we're proposing through the two miles of the Richmond District portion of Geary will have benefits across the entire Geary line. Um, and the reason for that is that anything that causes a bus's travel time to be less reliable through that segment of the corridor will cascade through the rest of the line. So if a bus gets slowed down and you end up with a little gap in service in the Richmond, that's gonna continue to be a gap as the bus moves into Fillmore or Japantown. And when we see gaps in service is when we also see higher rates of crowding because there's more people that queue up at the bus while you're waiting for the next bus to show up. Uh, this helps illustrate um, how we're using the street space today versus um, uh, in the future. And you can see this is taken at um, 25th Avenue. Uh, daily trips about 18,500 um, with about 63% people in private vehicles and 37% people on buses. But if we look how the street space is divided up right now, um, only about 3% of the space is dedicated to buses in the form of the bus zones on the corridor. Um, after implementing the project proposals, we'd end up with about a third of the space dedicated to transit, and that includes the bus bulbs and the transit lanes, and still leave about two-thirds of the space for um, private vehicle traffic in the remaining two travel lanes. There are also significant climate benefits to the project. Uh, we estimate that uh, 5,600 metric tons of carbon dioxide would remo be removed each year uh, due to about 7,000 car trips switching to transit. And that's equivalent to 10 square miles of forest planted or 700 homes switching to sustainable energy. Uh, so of course there are difficult trade-offs that come with this project. Um, and one of the big trade-offs is that in order to make room uh, for the transit lane as well as optimizing our bus zone lengths and putting in the safety improvements, uh, there is some loss in parking. Uh, we did hear from some stakeholders that were concerned about losing parking. And so uh, as a part of the project proposals, we introduced an element that would put replacement parking on nearby cross streets to Geary. Um, in total, there are 39 spaces that would be provided in the locations shown on the map. Um, most of these are accomplished by taking one of the two sides of the street that has parallel parking and making it angled parking. Um, there's three locations where the parking is achieved by relocating a bike share station. Um, and the replacement parking, there was a, an initial set that we had announced during our second round of outreach. Um, and then more recently, and I'll get into this when I talk more about outreach, we introduced some additional replacement parking to be further responsive to some of the stakeholder concerns that we had received. And so this table tries to summarize parking impacts with a little more granularity. Um, across the entire project area, which includes these three segments of west of 25th, 25th to Park Presidio, and Park Presidio to Palm Jordan, uh, there would be a total of 70 fewer spaces along Geary Boulevard. Um, and then with the addition of the planned uh, replacement parking, 
there would be 39 spaces added on cross streets for a net parking change of 31 spots or just under one space per block averaged across the entire project limits. Uh, we do understand that the 25th to Park Presidio segment is where the heart of the Geary Commercial Core is and where uh, there is some concentration of the parking loss and where parking is most important. And you can see in that segment of the corridor, the net parking loss per block is 1.5 spaces. And then if you consider the larger area-wide supply of parking within one block of Geary, um, there's over 4,000 spaces within the project limits. And so that means there's less than 1% loss of parking at the area-wide level. And that's actually true both for the project area as a whole and within the 25th to Park Presidio segment. Okay, so there's been a lot of discussion specifically about the quick build phase of this project. And so I wanna explain a little bit more about what that is. Um, it would include installation of the following elements. First, we would put in the new angled parking on cross streets before converting the angled parking to parallel parking along Geary Boulevard. Uh, we'd also then put in the transit lane, make changes to the curb color, uh, and do the safety improvements that include daylighting, left turn restrictions, and retiming signals for slower walk speeds. There is no excavation in the quick build phase, it's striping and signage changes. It would typically take one to two days per block and it would all be implemented over the course of about three months. Uh, we have heard very understandable concerns from Geary merchants and other stakeholders about how difficult it is to operate a business in the city in general and specifically in a post-COVID world that we live in. Um, so one of the things we've done to respond to that concern is to plan for there to be marketing support of Geary businesses, specifically in the quick build phase of the project, in addition to uh, a second round of something similar that we do during the actual physical construction. So the, the way we're planning to do this is that we would convene a merchant working group that's open to any merchants that are part of the Geary corridor, and we'd work with them to create a customized marketing campaign to support the commercial district. And exactly what that looks like, we don't know because we wanna really co-create it and work collaboratively with the merchants. Um, but we have some examples of similar things we did during the first phase of the Geary project. Uh, with the Tenderloin CBD, we worked to put together a business directory for them as well as I believe we also did some social media ads for them. Uh, Japantown was really interested in placing ads on the muni buses. And overall, during our first phase of Geary construction mitigation through this marketing stuff, we heard a lot of really positive feedback from the merchant groups we worked with about its effectiveness. Uh, so uh, I think that was what I wanted to cover on this slide. Um, so the schedule. So uh, the, the plan would be to implement the quick build phase of the project uh, soon this fall. Um, and then the rest of SFMTA's uh, actual capital construction work would not occur till the end of 2026. Um, and what would precede that is work that the SF Public Utilities Commission has planned that's independent of our project and would be needing, needing to happen one way or the other, which is to replace very old water and sewer lines in the corridor. Um, the water line actually dates back to the days of sutured baths and is in need of uh, replacement. Uh, so they would do their work, which is under the street first, and then we'd come in as they finish the underground work and put our work on the surface, which is really um, focused at spot locations where we would put in a bus bulb, a pedestrian bulb, traffic signal upgrades, or um, the, the median refuges are the main physical construction elements of the SFMTA work. 
but we do know that construction impacts are a hot topic and understandably one um, that stakeholders have concerns about. Um, we do have good news in that we think the project's uh, overall construction impacts would be similar to the Geary Rapid project where the work happened, um, it, it took about three years to do the whole project, but on given blocks it was just a few months at a time uh, as it moved through the corridor. Uh, and so we, we are working very closely with the same team we worked with, or some of the same team that we worked with at PUC to follow a similar approach. Um, the, as a point of comparison, the, the Van Ness Improvement Project had six years of construction and had much more substantial SFMTA work because SFMTA had to relocate the, I think it was the sewer line to get it out of the underneath where the busway was gonna go. Oh, one other thing I want to note, uh, the image on the bottom is an image that illustrates what it might look like when the bus bulb construction would happen. Generally, any of the work that is our transportation work would take about six to eight weeks in any given location. And so we do plan to partner with the SFPUC on a business support program during the combined construction of both their work and our work. Um, it would include a marketing campaign similar to the one I described that would accompany the quick build phase. It would also include um, funding for OEWD to provide support directly to businesses. We'd place wayfinding signage in the corridor to help businesses, help customers know how to find businesses if there's work happening on their block, as well as individual banners for any business whose frontage might be obstructed during the work. Um, and we also are excited to be able to work with community stakeholders to define what we're calling a community enhancement feature to the project, um, something that uh, really depends on what the community is most interested in, but something to, that we hope would increase the attractiveness of the Geary Commercial Corridor. Um, it could be something like gateway signage or string lighting or other ideas that the community may have. Uh, so we have done quite a bit of uh, out outreach and engagement over the course of the project. Um, this summarizes some of the main outreach techniques that we used. Um, we do have a Geary Community Advisory Committee that we've been convening since 2017, every three months. Um, and uh, we worked very closely with them to uh, address their questions and comments and really worked collaboratively to come up with a project uh, that is before you today. Um, at their most recent meeting, they took a position to support the project and move forward with the quick build as recommended by staff. Um, we did make pretty detailed, we call them block by block drawings that show on each block what the street looks like today and then what it looks like in the future uh, that helps people understand how the street might change and we use those extensively to facilitate um, conversations with um, individual stakeholders to understand and address their concerns. Um, and then I'm not gonna read every one of these but I do have on my next slide just kind of a bit of a summary of the sort of phases of outreach that we did. Um, and so the first thing that we did, which was way back in spring of 2021, is we did a merchant loading survey uh, where we asked merchants specifically about their curb space needs. Um, and we, we really needed this input to come up with the color curb plan for the project to figure out the right locations to accommodate loading um, and other curb activities. Uh, then we had two kind of broad rounds of public e outreach open to all stakeholders. Uh, the first one was a little more high level and asked for feedback on project priorities. Um, and we also first uh, sought feedback on the proposed bus stop changes that we were making. 
Uh, and then our second round of outreach is when we first uh, put out those more detailed block-by-block -block drawings and asked for people's very specific feedback on, is there something we didn't get right on your block that we should correct? Um, and then we made some changes to the design based on the feedback that we heard. And uh, we had an additional round of more targeted outreach. Uh, we walked door to door to the, the merchants in the angled parking section of the corridor. Uh, it, just this past summer, late June uh, primarily. Uh, and the focus of that outreach was both to uh, inform merchants of the additional replacement parking we were able to add to the project, as well as to um, share more about the planned marketing approach and uh, provide more information about uh, construction impacts and mitigation. Uh, this is one uh, summary chart of some of the feedback we heard during our first round of outreach when we had the higher level conversation about trade-offs and priorities. Um, and we asked uh, for people's preferences between preserving more parking and improving transit. And across everyone who filled out the survey, uh, we had well over half that either that were on the side of wanting to improve transit speed and reliability over parking. Um, and that was true across all respondents. And then if you break it down to respondents who own a car, we still saw that a majority had that as their priority. A um, little bit more about the additional um, merchant outreach we did that I mentioned. Um, the photo is from uh, lunch where several of our team members as we were going door to door stopped for, uh, for lunch at Joe's Ice Cream. And in total, through that effort, we were able to have 98 conversations with merchant owners and staff and were able to leave materials at most of the businesses in that segment of the corridor. Uh, so we did make several changes in response to feedback. Um, we were able to substantially decrease net parking loss down to 31 spaces. Uh, the project that was approved um, at the end of the environmental phase with the center running design had originally anticipated 60 spaces lost through this segment of the corridor. And the original estimate for a side running design was as high as 140 spaces. And so we feel, we feel like we've done a lot to, um, to mitigate that concern. Uh, we also added new business support resources during the quick build phase um, to our overall business support plan. Uh, there's two proposed bus stop relocations that we dropped. Um, we introduced additional safety treatments and we uh, committed to reimburse the modification costs for shared spaces that were directly impacted by the project proposals, uh, meaning those that need to rebuild from an angled configuration to a parallel configuration and will cover the cost of that rebuild. Some additional themes of feedback that we heard. Um, a lot of people who are regular Geary riders have been very appreciative of the work we've already made in the corridor and want to see it continue. Uh, the parking concerns were uh, certainly a hot topic overall. And within that, it really specifically about the conversion of angle parking to parallel parking, which actually is only about a third of the overall parking loss of the project. Um, we heard more specific location-specific concerns where um, people who may not support individual bus stop relocations or left turn restrictions. Um, some people have planning and outreach fatigue. This project's planning has been around for 20 years and people want us to move forward. Um, some people are wish we had kept the center running design and are concerned about the effectiveness of side running transit lanes. Um, I, on the flip side, a lot of people are happy we switched to the side running design because it minimizes construction impacts, but I think there's still an understandable concern about construction impacts. 
And then finally, uh, in the last year or so, I feel like I've noticed more and more interest in projects that help with uh, addressing the very real climate challenges that we're facing. And I think, you know, I personally think back to like the day the sun didn't rise and other very like scary things that we've witnessed and people want to do something that, that helps our climate. Uh, this table focuses on the concerns that we've heard uh, primarily from Geary merchants and what we've done to uh, respond to each of them. Uh, many of these I've hit on already, so I don't want to uh, repeat everything, but one thing I want to note, um, the second one, minimize parking loss due to transit lanes. Um, the version of the project that we uh, had uh, uh, back in spring of this year, uh, we, we, we generally heard from uh, Geary merchants that the concern was really about converting the angle parking to parallel parking and that there was general support for moving the bus stops, optimizing the bus zones and making the safety improvements. And it, it happens to be that about 18 of the parking spaces uh, that would be lost are attributable to converting angle parking to parallel parking. So when we announced the additional replacement parking that we found in the summer, it's 17 more spaces. It's almost identical to the 18 that are attributable to transit lanes. Um, I, and then the last one uh, that is a, a prominent concern that we're still hearing is a request to delay implementation of the quick build project until 2025. And so um, I have a few more slides that speak to, speak to this that I'll get to now. So uh, we uh, as staff are recommending to move forward with the entire uh, project's quick build phase uh, as planned this fall. Uh, you know, Two of the big reasons have to do with SFMTA's stated policy priorities and the city's stated, stated policy priorities around transit um, and safety and climate. Um, there's also some more like nuanced reasons it makes sense to move forward quick, quickly um, when, when we convert angled parking to parallel parking, it will actually give us more flexibility when the SFPUC's construction happens because there'll be three travel lanes instead of two and that at times could give the opportunity to preserve more on-street parking. We happen to have this grant to retime signals on Geary as well as throughout the city and other locations and we had planned to sync that up with the bus stop relocations and if we can't move the bus stop relocations forward, that would kind of mess up our plans for the signal retiming. Uh, and then finally, it, moving forward will also improve traffic flow and predictability by getting the bus out of the traffic lane and giving general traffic two lanes. But um, given how, um, how much concern we've heard from stakeholders um, and this specific request about delay, we did work up an option that the, the board has um, before you. There are two different resolutions in the staff report. One is called option one and is to approve the project including the quick build phase as recommended by staff. Uh, the second option is called the delayed transit lane option. And what that would do is it would still move forward with most of the elements of the quick build. The only one that would move forward differently is that the transit lanes, uh, only about half of them would be implemented this fall and the other half would be delayed until the start of the PUC's work. Um, the reason the map looks like it does is because um, we really want to move forward the, with the bus stop relocations and if you relocate bus stops without converting angled parking to parallel parking on the blocks that involve a bus stop relocation, you actually would need to remove even more parking in order to have enough room for the bus to pull back into traffic. And so the locations that have the, the red stripe 
are locations where we would actually be able to preserve some parking uh, by not doing the conversion. And it adds up to about 18 parking spaces um, that would be saved until 2025. Uh, the reason we don't recommend it is because it would result in a net loss of transit benefits. It creates about 600 additional hours of staff work and about 200,000 in additional costs. It would detract from the legibility of the transit lanes. Uh, those are kind of the main reasons. Oh, and that is my last slide. So uh, I am happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Bryson, for all of your hard work to try to balance the needs and desires of so many stakeholders. Um, colleagues, I do want to do a detailed Q&A before public comment, but I also see that uh, Ms. Groth is here from Supervisor Chan's office, and she wants to read a letter. So I'd like to invite her to the podium to speak now. Thank you, Chair Eakin and Commissioners. My name is Kelly Groth uh, with Supervisor Chan's office, um, and I'm reading a letter to Mayor Breed urging um, delay of the quick build. Dear Mayor Breed, I'm disappointed to learn that after all of the pleading from our small business and community members along Geary, SFMTA Director Jeff Tumlin is moving forward with the flawed Geary Bus Rapid Transit Quick Build Project, ignoring the concerns strongly expressed by the merchants and community members. As you know, the pandemic ne negatively impacted local businesses and essential workers citywide. Although many neighborhood commercial corridors in the Richmond District have been resilient and thrived, Central Geary continues to see vacant storefronts and less foot traffic, not to mention the deteriorating Alexandria Theater. With the impending recession and with transit service levels still below pre-pandemic levels, we need to ensure that we are doing everything we can to support our local merchants and workers during these difficult times. Similar to Van Ness BRT, the Geary BRT was initially approved with center-running transit-only lanes combined with water and sewer system upgrades. But during the pandemic, the SFMTA installed temporary emergency transit-only lanes along Geary for, service, for uh, service efficiency. As a result, data found that side-running transit-only lanes produced similar service efficiencies and less construction and funding required. So in December 2021, I asked for funding from the San Francisco County Transportation Authority in order to shift the project to side-running transit-only lanes with pedestrian and traffic safety improvements. With Geary BRT at its last stages of installation of transit-only lanes on Geary from Stanion Street to 34th Avenue, my office worked closely with local merchants to identify ways to mitigate the impact of the project on our small businesses, especially those located between Park Presidio to 28th Avenue. In addition to the concerns of our Geary Boulevard merchants, we also heard from many transit riders about their needs to have the 38 Geary bus lines fully restored. This is why I have been asking Director Tumlin and his team to prioritize the existing needs of our transit riders and to restore the 38 Geary to full service before implementing the Geary BRT project. I also asked for the project to prioritize the most critical pedestrian and traffic safety improvements with the water and sewage systems uh, upgrade construction starting later in 2025 after the full restoration of the 38 Geary and recovery of the local economy. This would also include postponing the conversion of angled parking along Geary Boulevard to ease, uh, to ease access to our small businesses, merchants, and churches and assess if the change is actually necessary. San Francisco can achieve an equitable local economy that supports local businesses while also improving and building mixed-use housing development along our transit corridors. We can start with Geary BRT, 
so the Richmond can become a model for the rest of the city. We can do that by ensuring that the Geary BRT supports our local merchants while improving pedestrian safety, delivering transit reliability, and paving the way for a robust transit corridor to serve tens of thousands of riders daily. This is why I urge you to do the right thing by our constituents in District 1. They are not only my constituents, they are yours too. So please stand with our small business owners, our church community, essential workers, and not let them suffer the mismanagement of our trade transit agency by ideologue bureaucrats. Sincerely, Supervisor Connie Chan. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for being here. Uh, colleagues, I'd also, before I open it up to comment, I would just like to draw your attention to a letter that we received from the mayor. We received it around 12.22 p.m., so you may have been in transit when we received uh, that letter, but that was a letter from the mayor expressing her full support for this project and responding to some of the themes that uh, Ms. Growth raised in her letter. So just take a look at that if you have a moment. Okay, open it up to um, questions at this point from my colleagues for uh, Ms. Bryson. Can I, can I just ask, uh, Chair, Chair Egan, what is your plan? Do you want us to do? I'd like to do yeah, Q. I'd like to do Q and A now. Questions you have that might be actually of benefit to the public as they contemplate their comments. Then we'll go to uh, public comment, and then we can have a board discussion and vote. All right. I've, uh, sorry, I have a couple questions, but I didn't. Please go ahead, Director Yakuta. All right. Um, thank you so much, Liz. Can I call you Liz? Okay. I just have a couple questions. The first, uh, I just want to go, can you pull up the slide about the additional parking that you put on in the cross streets? Um, can you just talk to us about why some of the cross streets were not viable or why the MTA chose not to add more parking to other side streets? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of technical considerations that go into which streets are feasible to do angled parking and where you actually get a net increase in spaces. It has a lot to do with uh, where the location of driveways are. And based on that, you need like a decently long stretch without curb cuts in order for you to get a net benefit. Do you mind choosing a couple side streets and just going specifically into why those were not viable? Um, Maybe like I would like to volunteer our engineer, Dan Mikowski, to do that if he's willing. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Hi, directors. Um, yeah, we can choose some. Um, you can also see that they're usually uh, north or south of Geary. Um, there are a lot of driveways. Uh, the, the corner property along Geary is usually, um, it's narrower on Geary and then longer on the side street, but there's often a driveway in that building. Um, an example would be, I think 20, 25th has a lot of driveways. 20, 23rd, there's a residential building on the east side. Um, I, I think what I was trying to get at is there was some concern from merchants that like the core of the Geary uh, commercial area, um, there weren't a lot of additional parking added on the side street. So if I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly, the core, like the most dense area of, of merchants is like somewhere between 17th and 24th. But we don't have a lot of, we didn't add additional just on 22nd, 20th and 18th, so just wondering like, what were the issues with those? Liz, sections? you may want yeah. to bring up Google Street View to show where <laughs> the long stretches are and where the um, driveways are. I can do a, a high level first and then answer that specific question. So what we did was we walked the every side street north and south of Geary and measured, took a wheel to measure the curb. Um, typically, if there's not 90 or more, 90 is kind of the limit, 100 is much better. Um, linear feet of un, um, uninterrupted curb, then it's not, 
there's a, a lost space when you convert to angled um, at the back where the tri there's a triangle of red curb. And so that, um, that loss from the red curb in, in the conversion makes it, the math is basically 100 feet or more you need. So we did that at every block and then looked at them. The, the ones you brought up are 18th. So there's the Alexandria Theater. There is uh, over 100 feet on the west side there. Um, we did propose that in our, um, we heard feedback in the first round, so we looked into this for the second round of outreach. We did um, outreach on 18th Avenue north of Geary. Uh, that would have added, I think, three spots. Um, it's right next to the Alexandria Theater, uh, which is over three stories tall. Um, when we did our technical review with the fire department, um, they had concerns about accessing um, the, that theater from the side street um, given that this, um, it narrows the width of the road a little bit. Okay, I, thank you very much. It's, a, it's good to use just, just to use, one example is fine, I'm not gonna make you go through every single side street. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just, it, it was illuminating for me to understand some of the reasons why uh, we made the decisions we did. And then I have a question about the small business support, no surprise to anyone. Um, so it's $25,000 has been allocated for um, the, this first phase and then, um, there's a separate pot of money that we've allocated to create the working group. Can you help me understand what the different pots of money are? Yeah, so we, we plan to spend $25,000 in the actual execution of a campaign, like the cost of marketing or printing something or holding an event. Um, we've also budgeted time to actually figure out what it is we're going to do, so that includes um, setting up meetings for merchants to give us feedback, as well as doing some of the like graphic design or layout type work that would be needed to execute, depending if it's like an ad or something. And is that internal staff time, or are we paying external folks to convene? Uh, uh, we're planning to use both staff time and some consultant support on that. Do we have any like basic estimate about what the total amount of money that's gonna cost us? Uh, yeah, we have a detailed scope of like what our Consult, like the, the consultant task order, I could look it up and get back to you later in this meeting, um, but it, 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 it's across multiple elements of support, so I don't have just the business support one separately. Okay, but we can look it up and somewhere later in the meeting, get it into the record for you. Seems like we're gonna have a little more time in this sure. meeting, so great. Um, and then you, you indicated that we had some, we had marked, earmarked some money internally to help businesses who need to move their shared spaces to do so. How much have we earmarked for that? Yeah, so, um, there are two angled, there's two shared spaces that are active in the angled parking section of the corridor, and we would cover the cost for their rebuilds, which are generally assumed at 20,000 a piece. And is, so 40,000, and have we, is that, is that the total amount that we earmarked for shared spaces moving or support? Um, we, we 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 scoped at one point there were more shared spaces so we we scoped for the potential to have to do that for more. How uh, many more? I think it's it's either three it's either two or three. Either two or three more. Um, those are all my specific questions. Thank you. Thank you, Director. You could tell Director Hemminger, please. This one? Pardon me. 
you can collect yourself. Um, so uh, you cited a number of different numbers uh, for parking loss because the number has changed over time as the project has changed. So I just want to get it clear in my own head and maybe for others, uh, just to do it chronologically. Um, so we started with a center running lane project. And how much net parking loss would that have caused? 60 within the project limits. And then I think you said after we made the switch from that to the side running, um, the number could have been as high as 160. 140. And why does it go up so much? So in general, the reason for the difference is that when you have center running bus lanes, all the stops are in the center of the street, but when you have side running bus lanes, the stops are on the side of the street, and so you can't have parking at those locations. Um, and so the, the starting point was that, but we were able to uh, change some of the design assumptions, plus come up with the cross street angled parking in order to uh, get to a lower number than the center running design. And at some point, your bogey was 60 parking places, and in recent days and weeks, you've attempted to reduce that even further. So now we're sitting at 30 31. net loss, 31. right? And that compares to 140, sort of where we started, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll have more later. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Director Kahina, please. So it's on. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you so much for your presentation. Um, I did have a little bit more questions around the merchant working group. Um, so we have essentially two options before us today. And so I just wanted to get a better understanding of what's the timeline in terms of convening the working group, um, getting it, getting them together. Um, how long are they going to be part of the project? Um, and you mentioned outreach fatigue. So I'm sure there's a lot of folks that are both interested in the project, but also a little over the project too. So I just wanted to get a sense of what that journey is going to look like um, and as it relates to the journey of the project as well. Yeah, so um, we haven't figured everything out yet, but our general plan is to have at least an initial meeting with Geary Merchants um, this fall, probably in October, uh, before we get to the stage of converting angle parking to parallel parking in order to share information about what to expect and then seek applicants for the merchant working group. Um, I think we were assuming we were gonna convene the group about five times uh, over the course of um, the next several months. And so, um, just so I understand like just the process, so if today we vote either direction, um, we would still convene a group, we would still try to create a group, right? Um, and so the expectation is that we would um, convene that group hopefully by October, let's say, um, and then that group would then be part of all the different iterations of this project, starting from the quick build to the PUC piece and then the more permanent piece. Is that is that correct or am I misunderstanding? Yeah, yeah I don't think we've actually discussed exactly how we would pivot from the work around quick build specifically and then PUC work because there'll be some gap. Um, if you have any specific suggestion, we're happy to hear it, but I think we haven't figured it all out yet. And I also assume that some merchants will want to be a part of it for a while but may not want to. We assume there'll be some turnover and we'll fill, fill the seats as that is relevant. 
Yeah, um, and I'd definitely like to, to support you all with um, kind of the, the planning or thinking around that. Um, and so, just so I understand, so we have um, one pot of funding that's coming that's that would start, I guess, I guess triggered um, during the quick build process, and then there's another pot of money for merchant support um, from the PUC as well. Are they two separate pots, or is it one and the same? Uh, so, pretty much, there's like a pot of money that's like SFMTA's money for GEARY improvements, and then there's different sources, and there's a specific source just for quick build, and then there's other sources for the other part. Um, and so the quick build source will be used for the quick build marketing work and merchant working group. Um, when we get to the work with PUC, um, we'll both contribute some of our relevant funds. I see Deanna DeSez and, and Jonathan here. So if you all want to help illuminate us a little bit more. So I, I do understand like part of it is coming from the construction mitigation program and it seems like another part of it may be coming from the PUC or the PUC somehow is involved there. I just wanted to get more clarity on, on that piece. And to the money side of it for PUC. <clears throat> Good afternoon, board members. Jonathan Ruers, Chief Strategy Officer. So the, the city, i.e. the large construction departments, the, uh, the PUC, Public Utilities Commission, Department of Public Works, and MTA, we all have a collective city and county of San Francisco construction mitigation program. And so when we have projects of a certain type, there are certain protocols that are followed. And part of that is to set aside a certain amount of budget for two components. One, what we heard was, you know, in the past when we had developed projects, a lot of the outreach was up to the point of construction, and then we sort of stop and begin construction. And so what we've learned is that businesses do need support during the course of a project. So there's budget always set aside for support and actually a dedicated business liaison. So typically our public information officer with regard to the project, the businesses can call if there's disruption to their business actively and during construction. So both the PUC and the MTA set a certain um, component of the budget to cover the staff time for that. And usually that can be up to you know, a half FTE or one FTE, depending on the nature and duration of the project in and of itself. And then I think Liz and others have discussed other components that will include. Typically part of the meetings we've just talked about, those five, is where we start having that dialogue about how's the construction going, what disruption are you seeing, what programs can we implement during the course of construction to support you through this process. Um, just a little more context maybe? Go, yeah. Go Hello, directors. Dana DeSatis, Centrum Communications Marketing and Outreach Director. Just for a little additional context, having been here for 15 years and through several of the construction mitigation plans since we started with Central Subway, um, Central Subway, um, El Taravel, uh, Venice, um, what they're talking about is you start that series of meetings, but there can be a need for more or less depending on the group and what they need. Also, when OEWD comes in, who's a very important partner of ours, they also help establish, are there some special resources, um, things that we can't do that they can provide services door to door, they go door to door. Some merchants need more help and you know allocation of funding for how they're gonna manage the impacts and the timing and staffing. Some need more financial or tax help, things of that nature, so OEWD does that. Um, and then we do use a consultant, but a lot of our creative is in-house. We have an amazing team, as you all know, that has really great creative abilities. So whatever we can do in-house, we try to do that as well. 
because whatever we do, there's no charge taken out of that $25,000. So there's a host of things that we do, um, and we've done through these various construction mitigation programs over the last, I think, seven years since I've been, I've been overseeing them that really speak to helping the merchants along the corridor. Um, and then we make sure we do the entire corridor and talk to all of the merchants possible, not just those represented within the merchant group, but there are other voices that need to be heard outside of that group that may not have a membership. We want to make sure we do our due diligence there as well. So I've just done a few of these, so I wanted to make sure if there's any other questions, I'm happy to answer them on behalf of the group. Thank you. Great, and Deanna, just yeah. as a best practice um, from your experience, um, I'm looking at the timeline of the implementation schedule uh, and that's slide 22 in the deck um, and seeing that it's spanning multiple years. Mm -hmm. um, is a merchant group that we assemble convened throughout the whole entirety of that project? So would the commitment, the time commitment for a person who wants to be part of this be those four yes. years or is it? Okay. The plan is to take everybody along for the entire duration from beginning to the end of this project. Twin Peaks would be a really great example of that. I know you're aware of very from the beginning to the day we wrapped up and left. So yeah, and we're also a part of that as well. Yeah. And if I were a merchant on the Geary Corridor and I wanted to inquire to participate, like how would, what would I do? Uh, well, we have an amazing website. They can go on there and make that request, but we also have our team here. You've met Liz Bryson. We also have Amy Fowler, who is our public relations officer, um, and she would be the person that could answer any questions that you have and make sure they get addressed. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'd like to go to Director Henze, uh, who's joining All right. Thank you, Madam Chair. I just have a couple questions, probably for Liz, although maybe one of them is for sure. But I, I just wanted to address a couple of things that we've been hearing. Uh, potentially, can you talk to us about the current service levels on the 38 gear? We've heard some concern that we should delay until we get full service on the 38 gear. So I just wanted to get a sense of where we were at regarding yeah. our service levels on the 38 gear. And is there more to do there? Yeah, so uh, we're currently operating the local every eight minutes, which is the same frequency as prior to the pandemic. We operate the rapid every six minutes, which is the same frequency that we operated outside of peak hours during the pandemic, or sorry, prior to the pandemic. Uh, there's slightly less peak period service, but we've also added service in uh, other times of day where we've found that there's more need now, such as late at night and early in the morning. And also we've seen such significant improvements in 38 rapid time due to some of the improvements we've made that uh, the 38 former express service uh, is no, would no longer be as competitive as it used to be given the other improvements we've made. And a, a rapid service serves more destinations and benefits more people with our limited operating dollars. And then on top of that, by uh, improving the Geary travel time, we're able to uh, uh, ensure we're getting the most out of each limited uh, dollar of operating funding. And if we save enough travel time, we can also reinvest that in more service into the corridor. Right, as I, as I thought. Um, and then my other question is, again, you, you've addressed the um, delay of the quick look phase. I know that there is no excavation involved in a, in a quick look phase. That's kind of what a quick build is. Um, but is, is, is there any part of the quick build phase that we would have to go back and redo as of... Um, 
as a result of the CPUC work? Um, uh, I'm assuming the answer is no, but I just want to check. Uh, the, the very vast majority of it would not. Um, I think it's about 97% of the costs are things that are outside the SFPUC's excavation footprint. It's mostly changes to the color curb, changing out meters, uh, signage. Uh, the one element that we would put in um, and then would be disrupted during the PUC work is the, the striping of the transit lane. We would only stripe the transit lane with white paint and stencil, so it's a very nominal cost, and it provides a lot of benefits both uh, for our buses to minimize the impact of construction disruption as well as for riders. Um, and then after PUC does their work and the roadway is repaved, uh, we'd put back in the transit lane, and at that point we would color it red, which is the more sizable um, expenditure on transit lanes. Okay, so that would be done in about 2025 with the with the um, the the red color the, would come in. The, work. The, the red color would come in after PUC and our work, so it would be in okay. 2027. Okay, perfect. That is it, Madam Chair, for you at the moment. Thank so. you, Director Hensey. Uh, Director Yukudel, did you have another question? I did. Yes, I forgot to ask a few, real Go quick ones. Um, when did we begin? outreach to the merchants for this project? I think it depends on what you want to define the start as. Like I'm talking about all the way. <laughs> okay, like when so did we start talking to the community about a, a rapid transit on Geary? So, um, I ask this non-rhetorically. I don't the, know the, the The BRT project uh, had a feasibility study that began in 2003. Okay. Uh, I think I was in college then. Not here. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and so there was outreach that was a part of the feasibility study that included to merchants as well as all the other stakeholders. The project's planning and environmental review was led out of the SFCTA, um, and that phase completed in 2017. Uh, and so they actually convened their own citizens advisory committee about the project uh, that met on a regular basis from, I don't know if it was 2003, but early on all the way till 27, 2016, which is when we started convening one. Okay, so early days would be 20 years ago. It picked up steam six years ago, and then it got to, when did the MTA started putting real pen to paper uh, Yeah, so I, I kind of consider 2021 as the start of like this iteration of the project with the side running design. Okay. Uh, you probably remember that um, during the pandemic, we had our emergency transit lane program, and at that point, we uh, decided that it made sense to pursue side running transit lanes through uh, mo most of the Richmond district, pretty much where there were already three travel lanes, and we could just take one for the transit lane. And that kind of spurred the discussion around, well, this is working. We even heard this from, from stakeholders at that time saying, this is working so well, why, why don't we do this as a part of the BRT project as Got well? It. Got it. Okay, and I'm conscious of the amount of people in the room, so I'll just have a couple more very hopefully brief questions. Um, in general, how far in advance do we bring merchants into our projects? It's like multiple years, right? Is there like a, sta a kind of standard operating procedure? I mean, typically for a, a project like this, like I would want to include them at the very beginning, like in a stakeholder interview step of the project before you have put pencil to paper. And do we have some kind of public calendar of like when our upcoming major projects are in commercial corridors that people can kind of view or when, how quickly, how often do we make, like are we, are we, plan, are we projecting five years out, 10 years out for different corridors so they know that the work is coming? Director Tumlin? So again, 
this, this project does date back to 1995 um, from the <laughs> four quarters plan. Uh, we've been planning it for a very long time. Uh, what we try to do is do long-range planning. Our current long-range planning document for quarters is called Connect SF. Um, you had a presentation on that, so that's the sort of glimpse forward for our long-term planning. We also then have a short-range transit plan uh, that we also adopt that is a little bit nearer. Um, and then uh, we have a capital plan that looks at the next five years of projects, uh, and that is sort of the basis of when we really start talking to people about details. Okay. My last questions are about the, the money, the funding, um, the construction mitigation funds, and I wonder if this is a question best sent, suited to you, Susan, which is kind of like what are the actual legal restrictions for what we can use construction mitigation funds for? I know we have kind of an SOP internally of what we, what we use them for, and as it's been described to me, you know, if we're going to do a project and we understand that it's going to affect a neighborhood, OEWD gives us a, a kind of estimate of how much that's going to cost, and then we find the money for it, and then we can use it to help the neighborhood as a whole. Um, but uh, it, would be in, it would be of interest to me to understand really what our restrictions are and what we can, how we can distribute these funds. Um, and then secondly, if there is precedent or any actual, um, if we're not allowed to take that pot of money and actually give it to another department, maybe OEWD directly or the Office of Small Business to distribute in more flexible ways and whether we're allowed to, we're allowed to do that. Uh, yeah, thank you for the question, uh, Deputy City Attorney Susan Cleveland Knowles. I mean, historically, the city has worked through uh, this construction mitigation fund, and mostly that goes through OEWD and various MOUs with city departments. I think up until now, it's been very rare to provide direct financial help to individual merchants except through OEWD. And that is has been seen as kind of a general fund uh, role to support the greater economic value to the city as opposed to a specific construction project. So I think if um, this board were interested in exploring providing more direct funding for indirect economic impacts from projects, then we would need to examine whether your transportation fund could be used for that purpose. Um, we have not been asked that question before, so I don't want to give you a definite answer today. But the transportation fund in general is to advance specific transportation purposes. Um, so here, where there are direct, direct construction impacts, those funds have been allocated in your budget. But when you're talking about um, possible more indirect economic impacts, then that might be a different question. So just to make sure I had this properly, you haven't been asked this, but potentially the funding that we have in our construction mitigation plan could go to OSB to handle indirect construction costs that businesses could apply to for their own use for things that aren't general neighborhood marketing, but uh, their individual improvements, storefront improvements, their own marketing, maybe rebates on taxes and fees and fines that the city charges them. Yeah, po I mean, possibly. I there would be two questions. One, legally, yeah. does the transportation fund permit that use? And then second, would this board uh, support that policy direction? And then there would be other policy considerations. 
you know, increased project costs, et cetera, that you might all want to consider. So I don't want to speak to those policy issues and probably defer to the director on those. But we could make that decision today, and then it could come back for, for like, you could, you could go back and kind of, we could, we could provide guidance that we want to see the funds used in that, in that way today, and then you could let us know if that's actually allowed post facto, or how would that work? I think for today, if you would like me and uh, our office to explore that possibility with the director, we can do that, but I would not go further today. Okay, thanks. Thank you, Director Yacutio. Uh, I just have one question, and then I'm going to open it up to public comment. Um, and this is just sort of a theme that I saw raised uh, raised up in the mayor's support letter that we received. Um, and we've heard a lot of concern from merchants. I know you personally, in walking the corridor, have probably spoken to many of those merchants and heard the specific ways the pandemic has been challenging and wanting to be very sensitive to those concerns. It occurs to me that we have an interesting moment in history to reflect upon because there was a phase one of this corridor. And we have the Japantown merchants to reflect upon, whom I imagine may have had some of the same concerns prior to the project and now have the project on the ground. And it just, I just wonder if we have learned anything from the experience of the Japantown merchants that is uh, informative at this moment in time. Yeah, <clears throat> I think in, in the correspondence that went to the MTA board, there, there is a letter of support for this project from the Japantown merchants and it expresses that they had concerns about the project before it moved forward, that we made changes, that they were appreciative, and that they feel good about the outcome. And Japantown's uh, economic recovery is, is better than pre-pandemic. Of course, there's lots of contextual differences, but that's what we've heard from Japantown. That's really interesting. Okay, thank you so much uh, for answering our questions. I'd like to open it now for um, public comment. For those who have gathered in the room, please, Secretary Silva. Yes, I do have a stack of speaker cards. I'll call off some names to get started. Once your name is called, you don't have to go in order. Um, you can start to queue up on the TV side uh, to begin comment. Elizabeth Bennett, Gray Habibi, Gloria Justin, Paul Slade, Sue Vaughn. Hi, directors. Thank you for letting me speak. Um, I'm not going to talk about the overall proposal because I haven't delved heavily into that. Um, but I've heard some interesting topics from Liz and I've read about it over, you know, the last year when there's been a lot of outreach to the community. Um, I'm someone who lives on Geary Boulevard on the outbound direction on the north side of the street. Um, and I'm going to specifically talk about the impacts to residents in that corridor. Because we've heard a lot about small businesses and the impacts of this program. And there are a lot of storefront small businesses there, and I do support them because I've been an 18-year resident in this corridor. However, there's a lot of apartment space above these businesses, and specifically on the block at 22nd Avenue where the proposed moval is from the east side, the, the current stop is on the east side, and they're planning to move it to the west side. And my bedroom is literally feet from where the new bus stop will be. I live in a four-unit building. All of us in our building that will be directly facing this new stop have bedrooms on Geary Boulevard, as does the next building has four units that face, bedrooms face Geary Boulevard. So obviously noise is going to impact us. Where the current stop is, there are not Geary-facing bedrooms. A big portion of the block is taken up by a public parking garage, and there are a couple of units above some small businesses there, but they do not have bedrooms that face Gary Boulevard. 
so they're not sleeping at night with a 24-7, 365-day-a-year bus stop right in front of their bedroom. So my comment is basically, please make an exception to that moval. I know there has been some that you have made an exception to. I'm asking to please include this. There are laws of residence on this block where it's being moved. There are not in the existing location and it will severely impact, I can't imagine the misery of living right above that bus stop. I also work at home, and also our buildings have front face, geary facing doors. Time. That's my Thank time. Thank you okay. for raising that uh, resident right. perspective. Thank you. And why don't we, uh, oh, there we go. Okay, my name is Greg Habibi, and I too live on 22nd Avenue. This is our home right here. You can see Aziza Restaurant, which is a Michelin star restaurant, which has um, hundreds and hundreds of drop-offs and pickups every single week. And then all of the businesses that are here, including a doctor's office that has drop-offs and pickups. We have um, our bedrooms, which you can see uh, in this building right here. Um, there is no bus stop currently in front of our place, and we have lots and lots of deliveries, people coming and going. We were not included in the original outreach to merchants. None of the merchants on our block were included in that 2021 outreach. And that was an outreach that resulted in the, the bus stop at 25th Avenue being, not being moved because the merchants spoke up. If we were considered, we would absolutely 100% have pointed out that we have an incredible amount of drop-offs, pickups, deliveries. Okay, this is where the bus stop is right now. The people who bought these buildings and, and leased these businesses did, it, did so knowing that there was a bus stop in front of their place. So, great, okay, you take that on. I know the people that live above the UPS store. Mind you, that is the UPS store. That means that there are literally hundreds and hundreds of people going around that corner. Those are gonna be right-hand turns. And those are going to be, that's where the bus is supposedly picking up time. And let's put a face to the actual bus. <laughs> 38 Geary 2. All of these noises are well over 20 decibels over ambient after 10 p.m., uh, making them not compliant with the noise ordinance that is for high vehicle uh, for, for, the, uh, for our area. Okay, thank you, that's your time. Next speaker, please. Hi, my name is Gloria Justin, and I'm gonna just pick up where my husband Greg and my neighbor Elizabeth um, we're just talking. Um, I live in that same building, and um, that stop at 22nd Avenue and Geary is not one that is um, part of the rapid line. So basically, it's used for dropping off a few people here and there. It's not a major bus stop on this line, and there isn't that much ridership going that you know from there out. So in other words, moving this bus stop, um, having this bus stop is not a crucial one in the plan for um, improving the speed 
of the bus line. And I don't think it's gonna make a huge difference moving this bus stop in the overall picture of climate change. Um, I'm an environmentalist myself and I support public transit in general, um, but this um, particular bus stop is going to negatively affect all the businesses right there on our block. There's no um, drop off and also, um, my husband and I work from home just like everyone else in our building. Um, the noise impact is actually significant. As well as we need to unload and load. My husband is a photographer, we have equipment, I'm a musician, we load and unload equipment. There's gonna be no place to unload. So if it does happen that we, there is a bus stop that is moved to in front of our building, we really, really do need a um, loading zone to be included in the plan. But I'm coming out in support of not moving that bus stop. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. A few more names. Nicholas, Barrett Pedersen, Otis Rahim, Catherine Choi Wong, Victor Smith. Uh, my name is Paul Slade, 35-year resident of the Richmond. Muni schedules are based on optimum conditions. Now, we're talking about two minutes inbound and outbound in this stretch. That's assuming there will be no shortage of operators, no delays because of police, fire department activity, no mechanical breakdowns, no passenger altercations, no accidents, no heavy use of the lift or the bicycle rack, no blocking the aisleways, uh, no double parked, uh, no excessive double parked trucks or autos, no unplanned weekday uh, protest, no weekend parades, protests, festivals requiring reroutes or heavy uh, than normal use uh, or passenger use, and no inclement weather. And of course, today, no delay by robot taxis. <laughs> These schedules are based on optimum conditions. You cannot guarantee expeditious service anytime. It's if everything works. I know a little bit about this because I was a bus driver for the city for 33 years. So I know a little bit about how things work. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Next speaker, please. My name is Nicholas McNamara, and I urge the board to approve the full Geary Boulevard Improvement Project, including the quick builds. I'm a resident of D District 1, and I frequently ride the 30R to go to and from school. To also, I also walk around along the Geary Boulevard to eat in, in parklets or just run errands in general. This project will reduce carbon emissions and making bu the buses more attractive relative to driving. The SMTA estimates that 7,100 car, car trips would be switched to transit each year, which is the same as planting 10 square miles of forest or switching 700 homes of renewable energy, as Liz mentioned earlier. In the climate emergency, there's no reason to delay these benefits by skipping the quick build. As a resident of the Richmond, I believe that this neighborhood deserves modern bus infrastructure, and this project brings modern SFMTA standards to bus stop length and safety to the Richmond. Bullbouts and bus stop changes will keep the bus moving and make boarding faster and safer. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, please. Please silence your cell phones or alarms. Thank you. Hi, I'm Barrett Peterson. I live in the Richmond District. As you can see, 25-year resident and 25 years taking the Geary in, I get on at Land's End, so if anybody takes a long trip, it's me, because I got the longest route. <laughs> I have seen improvements made with the Geary projects over time, 
But I've got to say that while I am in favor of this in the long term, I would really like to see you put it off. Um, I think there is a lot of learning that has been, um, th there's a lot of learning. Sometimes I think we've learned it better than others. I'd say from the BRT getting delayed for the long period of time is fantastic because we could have been Van S and we won't go into how horrible that is. But I think we need to understand that our neighborhood is just getting uh, over the impact of COVID. And if you put the short term in there, and we have businesses go out, they're not going to come back until after that project is done in 2027. And you are condemning the area to blight and to crime. And we are underserved by our police. And it's just going to add more and more problems to our neighborhood versus having SFMTA focus on the projects that they have, learn from it, like you're doing with the Terraville location, which I'm also involved in. And I know that you have listen to the people out there when people have pointed out things are unsafe you have gone in and put the crosswalks in thank you very much but you've also heard that it's had a tremendous and very negative impact on their business and there's not a lot that you can do to mitigate we're putting a lot of money into trying to support new businesses i think we should put even more effort in trying to keep the existing businesses going because that's where the smart money is thank you thank you for your comment next speaker please Hi, I'm Reverend Catherine Choi Wong, a retired minister. I've been living in the neighborhood for 34 years. Um, I'm more concerned about the, the businesses because I think for a lot of them, they're really struggling. And I frequent a lot of the businesses and notice there's so many vacant ones already who've closed down. The ones that are open have very few people. Um, and there's a lot of, of traffic that goes through there in the parking. But uh, so if that's taken away, then there won't, uh, there's, a, there's other options for people. They don't have to be looking at that neighborhood for businesses. So my concern is that. But the other concern, too, is where the alternate uh, parking spaces would be. One, they're not in the area where these businesses are, where the, the gist of the businesses are. One of them is near a school, Presidio uh, Middle School. And, uh, that's where eight spaces are going to be. So that is far away. So my concern is that, but I do want to say delay it. Uh, I believe in, in we need to do something about climate change, but I think at this time it's going to really hurt uh, what is existing and there'll be more closed businesses. Thank you. Okay, thank you for being here today. Next speaker, please. A few more speaker cards. Susanna Robb, Dylan Fabris, Mark Sachik, Cyrus Hall. Yes, my name is Otis Rahim. And uh, I received a ticket over on uh, Alamany Boulevard, which is around the corner that we were allowed to be. Just able raise the mic up a bit so we can hear you. Sure, Thank sure. You. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Well, sound like a winner. All right. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, given a ticket over there on Alamany Boulevard, and uh, the date was not that Saturday, which was 5:20, and as well, uh, I had I paid for it. You know, it was $108, say obstructing uh, uh, traffic. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, they mailed the ticket to my home. And so uh, as a result, uh, I protested it. And so it, this is where I'm at right now. Last Wednesday, last Friday, excuse me, is uh, the, the parking spaces for Juma, which we have is uh, um, Islamic uh, uh, members. members, And uh, we've been... Uh, we got the approval for the uh, uh, Alamany Boulevard parking, 
which is over on the right lane, but right now they're doing construction over there. And so uh, we want the ticket to be reimbursed. There's four other members of uh, our community that receive tickets because that's the time that we have our uh, uh, religious services, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, the thing of it is is that uh, we would like for this hip to be taken care of and all the four members who was a, a part of the uh, congregation were, received tickets and they paid for them and everything. So that's what we're uh, here for today. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you for your comment and there may be a staff member who you can speak with. Um, today's hearing, just as a reminder, we just have one item today on the, here, on the agenda, which is the Geary Transit projects. We don't actually have time for general public comment on today's uh, meeting. Maybe Mr. McGuire can address your questions. Thank you, Tom. Uh, so if there are others here to speak on that general topic, that's actually not appropriate because we're just talking about Geary today. The next general meeting where we'll take general public comment is September 5th. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, uh, directors. Uh, my name is Sue Vaughn, and I do serve on the MTACAC, but I'm here just in my own capacity right now. Um, so I live in the Richmond District, and I have lived in the Richmond District um, since 1990. I don't have a car. I do all my shopping on foot, so I'm very excited about transit improvements. Um, I do encourage you to amend this proposal to make all bus lanes from Stanyon West, not just 15th Avenue West, um, transit-only lanes. Um, if you do that, you'll get uh, the project in compliance with local law. That's San Francisco Transportation Code 7.2.72, um, as well as state law and our um, charter, our city charter. So I just want to read these things. Um, so section um, 7.2.72, it's an infraction. Um, for any but a transit vehicle to, or a taxi to be operating in a bus lane, a transit lane. And there's a difference between a bus lane and a transit lane, and this is why you need to have them be transit lanes and not bus lanes. Um, and you can go look that up. It's in the, uh, transit, it's in the transportation code. Um, state law, um, it's against the law for a person, a person shall not operate a motor vehicle on a portion of a highway that has been designated for the exclusive use of public transit buses except in compliance with the direction of a peace officer. And then we have our city charter. Um, our city charter's transit first policy also restricts transit only lanes to public buses. Um, and that's section 8A.115, I won't read it because I'm running out of time. So please do get this project completely in compliance with the state and local law, and you need to start working on the rest of the quote-unquote bus lanes in the rest of the city and get them back into compliance too. Um, because you know there's a lot of competition for our public infrastructure to make money. Robo-taxis, Uber and Lyft, they want in, they want to make money. Thank you. Thank you for your service on the uh, MTACAC. Absolutely. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, directors. I'm Dylan Fabris, the Community and Policy Manager at San Francisco Transit Riders. Uh, we strongly support the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project and urge you to vote to approve the project and implement the quick build improvements by the end of this year. This is crucial so the tens of thousands of pedestrians and transit riders who rely on the corridor can reap the benefits of improved safety and transit service as soon as possible. Each day, 36,000 riders commute on the 38 and 38R. 
That's over twice the number of riders on the entire Caltrain system, all taking Muni along Geary each day. The SFMTA board should hold these thousands of riders top of mind as they make a decision on this project. Improvements to transit are necessary to win over new transit riders, and according to SFMTA's community survey, increased frequency is the single most effective change to incentivize new riders to take Muni. Increased ridership means more customers and employees for businesses on the western half of the, uh, in the western half of the city, and will make it easier for veterans and staff to access essential services like the VA Medical Center. We know that better public transit helps local businesses. By enhancing accessibility and frequency, this project will make it easier for San Franciscans to commute to Geary's businesses. According to an SFMTA survey, people coming to the Geary corridor overwhelmingly walk or use transit, and people who walk, bike, or take transit visit Geary businesses more frequently than people who drive. For visitors who still need to drive, plenty of parking will remain. The SFMTA should not have to delay and reiterate good projects like this one just for the sake of, of a few parking spaces. So many of the cities and SFMTA's own goals will require a shift away from private automobiles towards public transportation. The project does not go far enough to fully put us on track to reduce car dependency and meet our climate and road safety goals, but it undoubtedly is an important step to getting there. Uh, the SFMTA board must remain steadfast on the goal of increasing ridership and ensure that the loudest voices do not block progress for the tens of thousands of Muni Thank riders. Thank you. Thank you again, and urge you to approve the project. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, directors. Uh, I'm Cyrus Hall. I'm one of the organizers of Faster, Safer Gary. I'm here to ask you to support the Gary Boulevard Improvement Project, including prioritizing the quick build component for this year as recommended by staff. A faster, more reliable bus will immediately improve the lives of over 30,000, 37,000 daily riders on the 38. It'll also create a safer Gary corridor now, not in two years. Gary has long been on, the San, on San Francisco's high injury network. From 2010 to 2021, there were 437 injury collisions on this part of the corridor with 578 people injured, 145 of which were pedestrians and five deaths. We understand that the Gary merchants and their allies fear this change. Over the past decade, Gary has lost a number of businesses and many continue to struggle. Faster Safer Gary also wants to see a thriving, growing business ecosystem along the corridor. But there is no evidence that stalling on infrastructure upgrades in order to delay the net parking loss incurred by the project will bring the economic revitalization the merchants seek. There is evidence for the benefits of upgrading transit and making street safety improvements, not only for transit riders and pedestrians, but for the business community as well. SFMTA's own intercept studies show the majority of people visiting businesses on Gary come by foot, bike, and bus, with only 22% coming by car. Studies consistently find that pedestrian street improvements in urban shopping areas tend to result in improved business performance. Sales tax data along Mission and Terraville, where similar transit improvements and safety improvements were made, found that sales tax receipts were similar or higher than citywide trends. There is ample reason to believe a quick build this year will help both riders and the safety of pedestrians and perhaps the businesses themselves. Please approve the project as recommended by staff. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon. My name is Susanna Robb, and I am the chair of the Geary Community Advisory Committee uh, and a member of the San Francisco Transit Riders. As a member of the CAC, 
I've met quarterly with the SFMTA staff for the past six years about this project and the now complete first phase from market to Stanyan. I am excited that the second phase is finally ready to begin. I've been impressed with the outreach that the staff has done and the ways they've responded to feedback from providing budget to rebuild affected shared spaces to ensuring minimal parking loss in exchange for pedestrian safety and transit improvements. I was also impressed that the, uh, the staff delivered the first phase of the project as smoothly and with great benefit to pedestrians and transit riders throughout the corridor. At our meeting in July, as Liz mentioned, the CAC passed a motion in support of the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project as improved by staff, including the quick build implementation by a vote of eight to one. At that time, the greatest remaining concern from merchants was the impact of PUC construction. It is for this reason that I think it is especially important to convert the parking to parallel as part of the quick build phase so that during PUC construction, that lane of parking is not lost as frequently. Liz showed this to us in great detail, Liz and Dan, in our meetings and touched on it today. So please approve this project to bring faster, more reliable transit and safer streets to Geary Boulevard, west of Stanyan, making it easier to reach businesses and services along the corridor. Thank you. And thank you for your service on the advisory committee. Next speaker, please. A few more speaker cards. Ron, Nick, Levi, Rachel Clyde, Gabriel Goffman, Zach Lipton. Um, hello, Dr. Uh, Director Tumlin and members of the board. My name is Mark Sawchuk, um, and I get around San Francisco almost exclusively on Muni, which I take every day. Although I live in District 8, I support the Quick Build Project, and I take the 38 Geary bus at least three times a week to see people and, yes, to do shopping. In fact, my favorite store is the Past, past Present Antiques on the corner of 25th. I could talk about the many important benefits that this project will bring to Geary, but I know that you've read the studies and heard from Liz, so um, I'd like to make the following three points. In 1973, San Francisco incorporated a transit-first policy into the city charter. In 2014, San Francisco adopted a Vision Zero policy aiming to reduce traffic-related injuries and deaths to zero by the early 2020s. In 2021, San Francisco adopted a climate action plan charting a road to net zero greenhouse gas emissions. These policies reflect our city's most cherished values as articulated by our political leaders. But I don't need to tell any of you that we are nowhere even remotely close to making any of these policies a reality. If anything, we are heading in the wrong direction. If you believe in the importance of transit first, Vision Zero and Climate Action, if you think that they are more than just pretty words and good intentions on a page, then you must proceed with this next phase of the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project without further delay. Um, our uh, political leaders are failing to show leadership on these policies. If they will not provide leadership, you have the opportunity to do so and to provide the leadership that is so desperately needed. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon. My name is Ron Hurd. Uh, I am a resident of the Richmond District. Um, I reside between Stanyan and Masonic, uh, specifically near Mills Drive-In. 
uh, my concern with, with uh, today's uh, meeting uh, is that um, I'm more concerned about the paving because as the buses are loaded fully and they're going eastbound uh, through the uh, uh, quick build uh, uh, timeline, um, I've noticed and have witnessed all of the construction that has happened and, 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 and at this point to the point that where your objective uh, to that section has been completed. But my concern, the, the, uh, the roadway has been, been um, surfaced uh, with the lane, the lanes uh, 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 design, but, and then also painted with the red zone for the uh, transit lane and everything like that. But my concern is that the bus is fully loaded uh, at, as, as we're talking uh, uh, through um, different times of the day, uh, creates um, um, shaking and, and, and uh, rumbling of my house. And uh, every time the bus comes through, it, my house just kind of like uh, um, shakes and rumble. So my concern is that, is there any provision, any thought to work with, I think, DPW, because they're the ones who are in charge of the roadway. I did call, I think, your office, and they directed me to DPW. Um, and I did call, and uh, uh, the gentleman took my name and my information and my concern, and uh, I will say that, that was about a year ago. Nothing has changed. There are potholes right there at the intersection, right in front of Mel's Drive-In, and uh, nothing has, has uh, transpired to correct the problem. That's my concern. And okay. hopefully this, this your, your, uh, your uh, that's, yeah, that's the time. We'll, we'll, we'll consider uh, repaving sooner than Thank 2027. You. Yeah. Thank you for raising okay. that perspective. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, directors. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys have all seen me before, um, but I'm really here as a resident. I, I live right on 24th Street or 24th Avenue. Um, right north of Gary. It's, you know, I take the 38 and the 38R every single day. Um, really, I am uh, in favor of this project because it's gonna make the entire area more welcoming, um, both to visitors, to residents. It's gonna make the pedestrian experience better. Um, you know, being able to move in and out of this area, whether you live there and have places to go or whether you live in other parts of the city and just want to get to your favorite restaurant or whatever uh, that's in the area, it's gonna make that easier and it's gonna make the experience a lot better for people that just wanna spend time there. Um, as a resident, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing this approved. Um, you know, this is gonna mean a lot to me. Anyways, uh, have a good afternoon, thanks. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello, directors. My name is Rachel Clyde. I am the West Side Community Organizer for the San Francisco Bicycle Coalition. I'm also a former resident of the Outer Richmond. I used to take the 38 and 38R almost every day, and it's still my favorite bus line. The San Francisco Bicycle Coalition is in support of the Geary Improvement Project, and we urge the SFMTA board to approve the project today and move impl implementation of the quick build treatments forward as recommended by staff. This is not a bicycle project, but we know that better transit and pedestrian safety is good for people who ride bikes. Also, this corridor, as mentioned, is on the high injury network. The project area of Geary has seen five people killed and 578 injured by traffic violence between 2010 and 2021. 
This project will reduce vehicle speeding and provide safety benefits on Geary Boulevard to prevent further injuries and fatalities. We've heard the concerns of the project's impact on business. However, we know that many studies have shown that improved access for bi buses, biking, walking, and general public transit are good for local businesses. They are good for the community and bringing people together and improved public transit is what will revitalize our city. Finally, I don't think I need to remind anyone in this room that we are in a climate crisis. We all need to be doing everything in our power to achieve the city's climate goals. This project will aid in reaching SF's 80% sustainability trips goal um, because it will help many people transition from private vehicles. There is no time to wait. Please approve the Gary Improvement Project. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. A few more names, Dylan Gump, Trish Gump, Alex Mitra, Hillary Brown. Hello, uh, I'm Gabe Goffin. I'm a resident of D8, uh, and I don't own a car, so I'm very excited about this project. Um, I think there's this misconception that only drivers or car owners spend money at businesses or go to businesses that these business owners are very concerned about, but I'll be much more likely to frequent these, visit these businesses and use the 38 or 38R with this uh, project. Uh, and I know businesses are already struggling, but I don't think this project, you know, I don't think not doing this project will really help. I think doing this project might actually help more. Um, and I also urge, you know, the board to do the quick build. Um, this will really speed things up. It will, you know, limit, um, you know, the delays and stuff to businesses, increase ridership drastically. And um, one of the reasons I love, I moved and love living in San Francisco is our public transit system as a whole and being a transit first city. And I think we really need to stick to those principles of putting, you know, people uh, over just single cars and, uh, I think this project can do it and it will also save a lot of lives. Um, yeah, and boost, uh, I think, the economy overall. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, directors. Zach Lepton in full support of a faster, safer Geary. We voted for bus lanes on Geary over 20 years ago, or I didn't because this has been going on so long that I wasn't old enough to vote then, but it's well past time to stop, talk, start talk, stop talking and start showing that we can deliver by approving this project today without any further delay. Supervisor Chan's, as for Supervisor Chan's assertion that anyone here is an ideologue bureaucrat, this project is precisely about implementing the transit first, vision zero, and climate policies that she and every other member of the Board of Supervisors unanimously adopted. But this isn't just a transit project. It's also a safety project that addresses many of the most dangerous intersections in the district by adding daylighting and bulb outs for the many seniors that Anyone who knows the Richmond knows how many people we see struggling to safely cross Geary. It really stands out how much inconvenience and delay we routinely expect tens of thousands of transit riders to put up with, but the idea that someone driving might need to look for parking around the corner, well, that requires years of delay and, and debate. When I've talked to Richmond residents at the farmer's market and on the bus about this campaign, I didn't hear about parking. What I did hear was so many people who would outright scoff at me in disbelief after so many years of inaction that the 38 could ever be faster or that Geary could ever be safer. So when this is done, let's celebrate it. Should hang big banners from the bus stops. 20 minute red carpet ride to downtown, comes every five minutes, really show the neighborhood that yes, we can deliver. 
The planet has never been hotter, and we just don't have time to keep talking about a handful of parking spaces. We've talked and studied this to death, to say nothing of the countless trees that died to produce the 752-page environmental review for this project. Let's get this done today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your comment. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, board. My name is Hillary Brown. I am the newest CAC member with accessibility. I was riding the 38 bus independently for 35 years. One day I support the project, but one thing I want to say is about what comes to accessibility. When I was traveling eight bus like recently, it seemed like when I got on the bus, it seemed like my disability was compromised when was two families were blocking the front rows with their carts. And, and I couldn't, st I can't stand because I'm partially paralyzed. And I feel like it comes to that, when it comes to like families, I hope it's not the point that families with, 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 with children, with killers, are putting over me with a disability because I feel like my ADA rights be violated when it comes to this the, the line. Because from another experience, when I was like catching it, from, I came from the back to the beach, a, a, it seemed like a driver asked me to get up for a family. I think that is Duke Bordage. Because I, I, I said I had a stroke, I had bad legs, and I don't think I should compromise a family if I need to sit down because I, I'm, I'm a disability. It's like an ADA violation. It's not like people. It's not all about people in wheelchairs and strollers. I feel like I, I said, do we require that? But I feel like there's more concern with people with disabilities, people using wheelchairs, not putting families or people them. That's all I want to say. Thank you for your service. Next speaker, please. Uh, good morning. My name is Alex Mitra, and I'm here to ask you to please approve the Quick Build project as quickly as possible. Uh, the frequency and availability of transit service determines where riders go. Uh, growing up in the Excelsior, I wouldn't go north of Civic Center because it took too long to get there. I didn't even know it existed. Uh, by building these bus rapid transit projects and pedestrian safety projects, you are stitching neighborhoods together and creating opportunities for San Franciscans to explore their neighborhoods and, yes, frequent the robust businesses that exist there. Uh, please approve this project post-haste. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Few more speaker cards: Gris, Gouchette, Evan, Oravec, Sean, Kim, Leanne, Chang. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dylan Gump. I live in the Richmond, and I support the Geary Improvement Project. I think merchants and shop owners think they will lose business because of less parking, but most times, me and my friends and I have been to one of the many shops on Geary. We have walked, biked, or taken public transportation. I also take the 38 bus to school and it would be great if it was faster because I don't mind being late to school, but my teachers and parents definitely do. <laughs> I, don't drive, I don't drive because I can't yet, so, I take public, so taking public transportation and my bike are really the only way for me to get around. I hope you take my opinion into consideration. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon. My name is Trish Gump. I'm an organizer for Kids Safe San Francisco, and we urge the board to approve the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project, including the Quick Build. I'm also here as a resident of the Richmond District. 
I walk to several businesses on Geary and regularly ride the 38, my favorite line. We do need to support our merchants on Geary. We, as a family, love going to Gordo's, then walking to Joe's for ice cream. I want to point out that the businesses that have sadly closed did so under the status quo. Currently, Geary is an unpleasant, loud, and dangerous street. When I visit Geary, I have no desire to linger and shop. A safer Geary with better bus service will help draw more shoppers to Geary. A calmer, quieter street would create the type of environment that invites people to wander, explore, and yes, spend money. I urge the board to approve the full Geary Boulevard Improvement Project recommended by staff, including the quick build. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hello, Chris Quiche here. Um, I live in Nopa without a car, so I bus and bike around the city. My favorite areas are Richmond, Sunset, Hayes, Mission. Um, so thank you to the, to the board, and thank you to Ms. Brisson for that uh, really wonderful uh, presentation. I wanted to come out in favor of the quick build and the uh, Geary Bus Transit Project. I think that uh, we've seen that when you make areas more friendly for people outside of cars, it's good for business, like we learned in uh, Hayes Valley where the Merchant Association came out in favor of that pedestrian zone. I think that as we increase the number of people who live in Sunset and Richmond, as we build more housing, um, uh, car infrastructure isn't gonna scale, but uh, more bus infrastructure is gonna be able to move those people in and out. Um, and I know that circling for parking is one of the most frustrating experiences possible, but uh, with, uh, with transit and biking, you don't even need to look for parking. So there's nothing better for than that. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. You didn't bring ice cream for everyone? No, not today. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, directors. Uh, my name is Sean Kim, owner of Joe's Ice Cream and Gary Merchant. I want to share a couple of information uh, Director Hines asked. Right now, 38 uh, ridership is uh, below 70%. That's what I learned from the CNC meeting. So that's why we recast you know, the recovery to 100%. And then the red line, bus only lane, will be digged by PUC. That location is on the waterline, so 98% uh, stay. I think that's mis misleading. A lot of them on the surface will be gone by PUC. And then uh, the Joe's Ice Cream is there 64 years, and then we have support uh, through pandemic. We used up all the uh, cash reserves, so we don't have any luxury to survive any further uh, disruption, especially kick build. Uh, happened 2023, PUC from 2025, 2027, main construction will happen 2027. Over four years, we cannot survive. And then there's a lot of immigrant uh, business owners like me and Chinese community, Russian community, and then we have to survive. I have uh, three kids, two kids in high school. I have to survive until they finish the college. And least I can support my kids for a better life in San Francisco. But right now, is, is uh, last 60, almost 64 years uh, Joe's ice cream's you know, history. You know, this is the most dangerous time. So uh, I'm asking, you know, the please show your sympathy on the small businesses and then do not harm small business in the name of efficiencies and then do not sacrifice small business in the name of transit. Please help us. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Next speaker, please. Few more speaker cards, Audrey Liu, Charles Whitfield, Alex Landsberg, Michael uh, Ofer. 
Good afternoon, directors. My name is Evan Arabic, and I'm the advocacy manager at Walk San Francisco and the former chair of the Tenderloin Traffic Safety Task Force. I'm here to urge the board to approve the full Geary Boulevard Improvement Project, including the quick build schedule for this year. In just these 2.1 miles of Geary Street, five people have been killed, and close to 600 people have been injured in traffic violence in the last 10 years. 145 pedestrians have been injured. That means, on average, one person every month is being hit on Geary, with seniors disproportionately impacted. The improvements this project brings, like bulb outs, daylighting, expanded medians, left turn restrictions, and raised crosswalks, are crucial for Vision Zero, and failure to advance these safety improvements immediately is dangerous and could kill. This project not only brings potentially life-saving improvements, but also improves the reliability of San Francisco's second busiest bus line. Walk San Francisco heard from the members of the Senior and Disability Working Group of the Vision Zero Coalition, and they prefer the side-running transit lane. People who are blind, vision impaired, and those with mobility impairments have an easier time accessing the bus when it is against the curb. We also heard that it is great to see two additional disability parking spaces being added to the project. And overall, curb parking versus angle parking is preferred by people with mobility needs for access uh, when vehicles are needed. I'm asking you to vote today in favor of moving this project forward. We can't afford to delay this any further. It is time to prioritize the needs of our most valuable, most vulnerable road users and transit dependent San Franciscans, as well as meet the city's business zero goals. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hi, directors. I'm Leanne Chang. I live in D1, and I'm one of the main organizers of Faster Safer Geary. I'm here to urge you to, to approve the full project, including the quick build this year. Over the past few months, we've met so many San Franciscans who are really excited about these improvements once they learn about them. But for all kinds of reasons, not everybody has the ability or the access or simply is as likely to send an email or make public comment. Many of these are people who don't have access to the internet, don't have a car, aren't fluent in English, um, are seniors, or maybe they use a mobility device and just uh, it's harder for them to, to get around and come here. So I wanted to bring um, the words of a few of these people to you today. This is Arnold, he's 84 years old. He said, I'm coming from the church right over there. He was, I met him on 6th. He said, but it takes me 15 to 20 minutes, so we have to hurry to get the express for the 38. This is Harry, who uses a mobility device, and he said, I live on Arguello, and I catch the 38 to 8th and Bryant almost every day. Sometimes that bus is so crowded, everybody could almost kiss each other. It's a good bus. We just need more. This is Juan Lopez. Juan Lopez is a bartender who rides a 38 and is excited about the improvements. Louis is a wheelchair user and a Tenderloin resident who said to me, the 38 is very important to me because it takes me out of the Tenderloin and I can go to Sutro and to the ocean. This is a rider who I met while waiting for the 38. I wasn't able to get their name and we weren't able to get deep into the details because there was a language barrier, but she, we were able to talk about the fact that this would speed up the bus and she was very, very excited about that. And this is Nicholas who said, it's good that you improved the 38. Also, San Francisco is a really congested city, so it would be better to avoid traffic downtown, fewer people being killed. 
Directors, last Friday I also saw a woman get hit crossing Geary on crosswalk at 4th Ave. The driver ended up brushing her so it wasn't a hard impact. She will never be counted in Vision Zero or any other statistics, but she was, oh, sorry, okay. Good afternoon, directors. Um, my name is Audrey Liu, a resident of the Richmond and also a transit advocate. I volunteered um, for Safer Fast Geary, and I took some time out of my own time to understand where the merchants were coming from. I asked them, where do the majority of your customers come? Some said by walking, some said by transit, which is being used by a lot of our seniors, and some even said by cars. I believe that this is in line with what the SFMTA survey said. But walking around, I also noticed something critical, that Clement has been eating Geary's lunch. The painful realization is, is that when I walk on Geary, it is loud. It is difficult to explore the street and really spend my time there. The fact of the matter is the status quo has been hurting these businesses, not the transit project. Faster, safer Geary will help reduce the amount of car use so that it, became, it can, can become a more vibrant neighborhood. Reducing parking can make and improve the neighborhood character to add more stores. This can all be achievable. This is one piece of the project. The other pieces, as you've already heard before, are the environment, are reducing the traffic accidents that we have in our city. And I want to take a time to take a step back to say that Although this is about Geary, this is about so much more. The fact of the matter is, is that the future of transportation will not be owned by self-driving cars or electric vehicles. Transit, walking, biking, these are the modes of transportation that have proven to be safe, efficient, vi adds vibrancy, and it improves people's lives. Thank you so much. Please support the project. Good afternoon, directors. Uh, my name is Alex Landsberg. I'm research and advocacy director for the San Francisco electrical construction industry. I'm not commenting on for or against this project, uh, but I do want to note uh, something really important that I think should, should be considered as part of this project. Um, about a month ago, we published a report that has been shared with as many as possible. I have some printed copies of our policy summary showing electrification alternatives for San Francisco, for Muni. What, what the report showed was that extending and leveraging our overhead line system was going to be faster, cheaper, uh, operationally superior to 100% um, to battery electric buses. Uh, while I'm continuing to wait and we'll be speaking with Director of Transit, uh, uh, Julie Kirschbaum wanted to let you know just a couple of things that I've come across in the past few days. Just recently, I came across a press release from a tiny little town, not tiny, but a small town in Switzerland, Beale, that looked uh, that actually ran a comparison of a battery electric versus a trolley extended system on their on their own lines. And what they found was the B, uh, the IMC trolleys uh, trolley buses were far more energy efficient, they had a lower operational cost, and they were able to expand service easier. The recent failure of Proterra, poor performance from BYD, and other, um, and other uh, manufacturers really underscores the importance of fully evaluating our options before we buy more fleet and before we add more fleet, or before we even tear up the trolley system, as had been suggested by Muni staff. 
uh, all of which, um, all of which all comes together is that you really need to direct your staff, direct your director to conduct a full comprehensive analysis of the best way to move forward on actually electrifying Geary when you do go down that route. And actually not just looking at Geary because all of this stuff is, is interlinked and is really part of a system, look at the broader, a look at how it impacts the broader system. As I said, our, our report uh, conducted uh, with Metro de Medellin, which um, is actually using this, using the the, the methodology and the tools that they developed and refined here for their own system planning. We've been talking with transit agencies in Europe and in South America about applying some of this stuff. I'm not going to be doing it. I'm not, I'm not the technical researcher guy. I just kind of help translate some stuff. Uh, but all of this has really demonstrated that we are sitting on an in incredibly uh, priceless asset. And for us to march forward with what is fundamentally an inferior technology than what we have on the streets right now, being the battery electric bus, um, is uh, you know is, is is just foolish. I think that that's the best word uh, I have here. So I'm going to leave a few uh, reports for, uh, for uh, these policy summaries for your, uh, for yourselves. Those of you who are technically inclined, I really encourage you to actually look at the 135-page document uh, because it really gets into the. Details. That's the time. Thanks for being here. Next speaker, please. A few more speaker cards. Paul Wormer, Carol Brownson, Pranav Harathi, Jen Nosokov. Hi. Uh, this, I'm Michael Onifer. I am a commercial real estate broker. I do a lot of retail leasing. My office is in Richmond District. However, I service the entire San Francisco. Uh, real quickly, two comments on the presentation. One was the, re the reference of one and a half parking spots per block. Uh, that's actually two. I don't know how you can deal with one and a half. Uh, the other one is you're removing two stops. Uh, I live on Commonwealth. That means I would have to walk from Commonwealth to Arguella, and I can't see anybody uh, who is uh, either ADA or uh, elderly. So I think removing any stops is a mistake. Real quickly, though, I, I'm a full support of the project, not the quick build. I have uh, somebody who, has, who works in a hotel at uh, Wyndham Hill, and they, when they put this aside, uh, they took away their um, offloading of their, um, of their uh, you know, the guests, and they moved them around the side, and that's been disrupted as far as uh, taking the baggage out and that type of thing. Yesterday, they had a break-in, uh, so uh, <laughs> because it was on the side. So I'm concerned about churches and mortuaries and how do you deal with those? Uh, how do they deal with loading and unloading of passengers if uh, it's on the side? And last, I'm, uh, I, am, I didn't have a car because I have epilepsy and I had an office in, in Montgomery and Pine and I traveled all over the city through um, public transportation and I didn't find it any problem. People ask me what I drive, I say uh, BMW, that's BART, Muni, and Walk. <laughs> Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, directors. My name is Charles Woodfield, and I'm uh, the executive committee chair of the San Francisco Sierra Club, group, uh, San Francisco group. I'm speaking today on behalf of the over 6,000 members of the Sierra Club group in San Francisco to express support for the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project, including the quick build as recommended by staff. We're facing a climate emergency which requires immediate and dramatic action. 
As part of San Francisco's strategy to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, we must make transit more attractive by making it faster, more frequent, and more reliable. In addition, we must make walking safer for people of all ages and abilities. The Geary Improvement Project does both. Sierra Club transportation policy is clear on the topic of bus-only lanes and the removal of parking. Quote, public transit service should be coordinated, electrified, and given bus-only lanes and traffic signal preemption. And we must also, quote, greatly reduce or eliminate parking in areas well served by public transit. Transportation is the highest source of U.S. CO2 emissions. The Sierra Club's goal is to cut U.S. oil use in half by 2030. We need to make radical changes in our transportation infrastructure to achieve this goal. The Geary Boulevard Improvement Project is a critical step in this direction, and the San Francisco Sierra Club urges you to support it without delay. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jen Nasikoff. Uh, I'm here today to support the Geary Improvement Project as both a candidate for District 1 supervisor and a parent and resident of the Richmond. First and foremost, I would like to thank the MTA and everyone for their hard work over many, many years to improve transit in our neighborhood. Right now, all eyes are on the Richmond for growth, and I agree that it makes sense to build here. But it is critical that we have decision makers who are thinking about people moving holistically and symbiotically now to prepare for that growth. A major piece of this is investing in robust and reliable public transit. I understand that the net parking loss is 31 spots over hundreds of businesses, which comes out to less than 0.08 parking spots per business. In context, this is a negligible loss compared to the gain that a faster, safer bus line will bring to the district and the city. I fully support moving the Geary Improvement Project Quick Build forward now as an investment in the future of the Richmond. Thank you. There we go. Uh, good afternoon, directors. My name is Carol Brownson, and you've heard some very informed and interesting comments today. And all I have to add is a couple of little experiences of my own. And one is about walking, and the other is about taking Muni. To get here these days, I cross Geary at Laguna safely. Well, mostly safely. And it didn't used to be that way. It used to terrify me. I had a few ways that I would get across, but now it's pretty darn good. Now, the bus. When I ride buses in San Francisco, they're frequently blocked by cars. And I really admire the Muni operators who deal with that consistently every day in an amazing manner. But the result is they don't arrive on time. And when they do arrive, they're liable to get very crowded and I can't get on. I can't get on with my scooter. Well, I wait for the next bus. Now, bus arrival times matter. We want more people taking Muni. And they shouldn't have to face this. And I think it'd be pretty nice if more disabled people could take Muni, more than, say, one or two of us in the front at a time because we can be kind of interesting. We have great conversations, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much. A few more speaker cards. Tom Barton, Peter Belden. 
Uh, good afternoon, uh, directors. My name is Paul Wormer, and I am one more voice in support of following staff's recommendations. I want to say that I, I first had the pleasure of dealing with uh, uh, Ms. Brisson back on the first phase of Geary BRT uh, in the Japantown area and had very helpful discussions and they were very supportive and listened. I had some concerns about this phase and I had a very helpful set of discussions with them and I understand why they are doing what they are doing uh, and there are constraints they have to deal with and so be it. Uh, but I will say one of the nice things about getting the quick build in now before the PUC program starts is if things don't work as expected, there might be a chance to intercept that project and do it once rather than tw two major projects. So this is part of the problem solving with the plan, do, act, check, repeat sequence. They've done the planning. We need to do it and act on making it work. We need to check if it's working as expected. And then if there are problems, figure out how to intercept the next disruptive project in the neighborhood so as to minimize disruption to businesses. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Pranav Parathi. Uh, I'm a transit rider and I live in the Mission. I mostly go to Richmond District by bike, but I would take the 30-day Guri every once in a while, perhaps like once a month or so. The reason I take my bike to Guri is because the 38 Geary is not fast enough, especially in the outer Richmond. I would like it to be much faster because I love patronizing a lot of the businesses in the Richmond district, and I like visiting my friends there. I'd like to do so more often. I also want to echo that I like visiting the businesses on Clement Street because Clement Street has much better traffic calming, and it's a narrower street. I think with the improvements proposed in this project, we can achieve something similar with Geary Street. That's why I'm strongly in support of the quick build and the full project for a Geary red transit lane. I'm not going to call it a BRT because it isn't one, but I want to work towards that goal. So uh, that's all I have. Thank you. A few more speaker cards. David Heller, Kevin Chu, Sandra Lee Fewer, Paula Katz. Got to lower this for short people. My name is Tom Barton. I'm on the CAC committee, and I may be one of the few, if the only one, that was on the discussion of this project before it ever went to the CAC committee. So I've been around. I've lived in the Richmond district over 40 years, and I just turned 80. So that means I've lived there more than half of my life, and I'm probably one of the oldest ones in this room and the oldest one on the committee. But I'm here uh, to speak because we've, we've had a lot of discussion on this project. We've discussed everything from A to Z, ands, ifs, or buts. And we've allowed people from the general public to come to our meetings and discuss whatever issues we had. And as a regular rider of the Muni in the 38, because I don't drive a car, we need this project. And we need the support of everybody. And I can speak on behalf of being a senior. And I'm still out there. So I would hope that we would get a yes vote from you so I can vote for you later if need be. Thank you. Thank you for your service on the Geary CAC. Next speaker, please. 
Good afternoon, directors. My name is Peter Belden. I'm the Conservation Committee Chair for the Sierra Club in San Francisco. Uh, and I want to particularly thank Liz uh, Brisson, who I think gave a presentation a few months ago to one of our committees when we were considering this project. She just did a, a fantastic job with some tricky questions. I just want to reiterate the Sierra Club, San Francisco's strong uh, support for this project as recommended by staff. Uh, we're facing a climate emergency. It's an emergency. We need to act quickly, approve this project, and move on to other important things. We need dramatic action. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Paula Katz. I'm on the exec board of POPs. Should I start over? Let me start over then. Okay, thanks. Paula Katz. I'm on the exec board of POPs, People of Parkside Sunset, our local merchant community group on Taraville. POPs President Albert Chow, who was on the panel at your February session on building trust, can't be here today and asked me to read his public comment to you from Albert. I urge you to reject the entire Geary Street Quick Bill project until after the PUC-sponsored sewage and water construction in 2025. My question is, why are we doing this now? Removing parking and doing other quick bill projects will be very disruptive to local merchants, residents, and shoppers, only to have DPW rip up the street to replace underground pipes in less than two years. And then MTA will have to once again reinstall the project elements that DPW rips up. This doesn't build trust with the community. And how much money are you to spend on this during a time of budget shortfall for the city? What's to be gained by this urgency? To shave a few minutes on a commute? The benefits don't outweigh the harm to Geary merchants who will lose much needed parking spaces in business. I'm on Taraville and I'm experiencing the Taraville project's disruptions to its full extent right now. My business barely makes enough to keep my payroll and the lights on and I'm not making any money. Cars and customers have avoided Taraville because it's so unwelcoming and I fear they won't return. You don't want to impose the same disruption on the Geary merchants. You're asking a lot of small businesses to take a big financial hit with the loss of parking and two rounds of disruption two years apart. Usually, we dig into our financial reserves to weather the disruption, but having just survived COVID shutdowns, many merchants haven't built up their reserves. At least during COVID, we got PPPs. We get no financial support during MTA projects. Please reject all of the quick build project at this time and wait until after the DPW work is done in a few years. Thank you. Thank From you. Albert. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Albert for us. Next speaker, please. This is for me, it's really difficult to be here because uh, my name is David, David Heller. I'm a 37 year on Geary Boulevard. I'm also the president of the Geary Boulevard Merchant Association. And I'm here to say that why do it twice? The merchants right now are really hurting big time. I have lost so many merchants. I lost, I'm going to lose some very famous Italian restaurant coming up. And they really don't want to renew the lease because they're afraid of what's going to happen. I've tried to work really hard and communicate. We spoke to Jeff Tomlin. We, have, we had a meeting. I was kind of hoping that there was a way we can work it, make it work. 
because we, in the past we did work with Muni and it was successful. I don't see why it will not be successful now. We're talking about 15 to 25th Avenue. But one of the biggest things that really bothers me, and if I may address Jeff Tomlin's permission, and his answer to me was, I have to do it or I lose the money. That really it was like somebody stabbing me. It's, he cannot afford to lose the money, so it's okay for him to put me out of business. I got a call from Willie Brown, and I tell him of the discussion that I had with Jeff and what he told me, and Willie said, what money? I'm really asking you, we're not against improving Muni, we're not against improving transportation, but be considerate of people that are really hurting. We have not recovered. I have a shop. I don't see the many people that I used to have in my shop. My wife is an esthetician. People come on appointment. They come late. Why? Because they couldn't park. They couldn't park. They had to drive for over an hour to find a spot to park. Okay. So that is, again, that is your again. time. Thank you very much. But Can I call really want to say one please? thing, though. I know it just it's, it's uh, no, no, most fair. But I really gets the same amount of time. Let's have the next speaker, please. Thank you. Sir? Thank you very much for being here. It's just not equitable if you get more time than others. Sandra Fuhr, would you please address the board? Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Hello, commissioners. Um, my name is Sandra Lee Fewer, and I used to be the supervisor of District 1, and I have lived in the Richmond for over 60 years. I moved in 1959. Um, I just want to address some of the issues, and I think that there is a misconception that the Gary merchants are not concerned about um, transit, and they're not concerned about buses running on time, and they're not concerned about pedestrian safety, and that's not, simply not true at all. I think MTA knows, Liz in particular, that I was a great supporter of the first phase of um, the Gary Improvement Project, and I think we spoke to a couple of merchants ourselves. But however, that was pre-pandemic. This is a different story now. I also just want to say, I know the Bicycle Coalition came out in support. Um, there is not a bike lane on there and on Gary, but there is one on Anza. And I think bike, more car traffic will go on to Anza as people circle around for parking. Also, Walk SF, I know, has supported, and I want to say had three fatalities in my district, and not once did Walk SF ever support me in advocating for more infrastructure along our high injury corridors. Also, I'm a member of the Sierra Club, and I'm on the executive committee, and I just want you to know it's 6,000 members strong, but not all 6,000 members were polled about this. That vote was actually taken with about seven members, and it was a split vote. And the people that voted against it really voiced their concern about the merchants. And so, we are not against the Gary Improvement Project. What we are saying is can you pause a 10 block stretch of, of the Gary Improvement Project? We are not saying get rid of it. We are saying can you wait until after the PUC project? Implement what you can, yes, to pedestrian safety, absolutely, those type of things. But can we preserve some of that angled parking? And I know we had these conversations about parking. Believe me, I was around with Jake McGoldrick in the first edition of this, so I know. But I also just want to say for the Richmond District, we deserve a really good transit system. Before I left office, we were talking about bringing an underground out to the Richmond. That is what we need to do. 
If we are building for the future transit riders of San Francisco, and we truly want to get people out of our cars in the Richmond district, then let's talk about an underground out there that connects us to everywhere in San Francisco, but beyond too. Let's not build these small little band-aids. Let us really think big about the future. I know I will not be alive when that happens, but I'm building for a larger, hopefully, population in the Richmond. Thank, Thank you, you for your time for today. Your service to the city, former Supervisor Fjord. Next speaker, please. I'm Kevin and running a business on Gary for four years. And only one thing I know, if you guys take out the parking, then the people who are driving around make your bus more slower because they got no parking. Or maybe double park on the street and parking the traffic light. And other things, I, I want you guys to look at the Chinatown and Venice. See how the business. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Thank you for your comments. I have no speaker cards. Any other speakers in the room that we've not heard from? Okay, seeing none, please open the remote. Oh, yeah, please come to the podium. Hello? Okay. Um, I am here in support of the Faster Safer Gary project. I live on a street that had a similar improvement when I was a child with the pedestrian bulbouts and mine had bike lanes instead of bus lanes, but the safety features just immediately made it better and more pleasant and safer to exist in the city. Just like I noticed it, I, even as a kid, uh, I noticed the difference with things like this, with the bike bulb, with the bus bulbouts and, the mission buses are fast, frequent, and reliable on their bus lane. Uh, I think Geary, the 38 is a good bus, and I think she deserves the same. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your comment. All right, not seeing any other speakers in the room, please go ahead and open remote, Secretary Silva. At this time, we'll move to remote public comment, not to exceed a total time of 10 minutes. Members of the public wishing to comment should dial star three to enter the queue. Each speaker will have two minutes. Moderator, first speaker. Hello, um, should I begin speaking? Go ahead. My name is Jacob Zimmerman. I'm a District 1 resident, and I urge the board to approve the full Geary Boulevard improvement project, including the quick build. My wife and I live car-free in District 1. I ride the 38R in the mornings and evenings when I commute to work alongside 37,000 others who ride the same line every day. That's more than all of Caltrain's daily riders. My wife and I frequently walk along Geary to find food options near our small apartment. We also bike to pick up food along this corridor. Let's finally finish these improvements. I already noticed significant reliability improvements as I ride the 38R all the way to downtown. All available data and research has shown that improved transit access results in more business not less. Cars don't buy things, people do. So let's prioritize making spaces safer for people. A safer Geary with better bus service will help new customers discover businesses. Right now, Geary feels like a highway compared to comments. We have the power to change that and it starts with projects like this. Improving transit equity is important, but all data shows that residents who own cars are disproportionately wealthy compared to those who do not. Prioritizing cars and delaying this project only perpetuates the existing inequities. This process 
will also reduce emissions significantly. We can't afford to delay climate solutions any longer. Um, also, my bedroom is picking up bus stop, and the majority of the noise doesn't come from buses. It comes from other cars. Um, let's make Erie a safer place for everyone in our community, not just cars. I urge the board to fully approve this project and avoid any further delays. Don't let better be the enemy of good enough. These improvements have been delayed for long enough. Thank you for your time, and thank you, SFMTA, for your hard work building, bed, building better, safer communities. Thank you. Next speaker. Hello, uh, my name is Evelyn, Evelyn Ingle, and uh, I'm a board member of the Taxi, uh, Taxi Workers Alliance. Excuse me. Um, I just wanted to say that from the perspective of taxi drivers, we appreciate that the quick build plan allows taxis in the side running transit lane, and uh, it will help us service the outer Richmond, especially at events such as outside lands where the time involved in getting there and getting back and uh, also the fact that we don't do surge pricing is often a financial disincentive to serve these outer neighborhoods. But mostly I, say, I want to say we understand that this project is primarily geared toward improving muni service and we support that. Uh, you may not realize how much taxi drivers know about public transit, but uh, tourists are often very confused about muni. We field many questions from them. I always carried BART schedules, Caltrain schedules. I needed to know which bus lines ran overnight, where the Golden Gate Transit, San Trans, AC Transit stops were. All to help visitors, uh, lost souls, who often had no idea where they actually were, get to their destination by public transit. So um, we're lucky most tourists don't drive rental cars, <laughs> thank goodness. But um, anything that simplifies and speeds up muni service along Geary is also likely to encourage tourists, as they hopefully return to visit San Francisco, to, to take the bus to the Geary Boulevard corridor. And I hope that the merchants will also consider that. Uh, we're very sympathetic to their position, but seconds. overall we support, the, we support the quick build project that staff recommends. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker. Hello, this is Andrew Sullivan, um, Director Tumlin, MTA Directors. Thank you for listening to us today. Um, I'm Andrew Sullivan, I live in the Haight-Ashbury and I'm speaking in favor of building the Geary Quick Build right now. But today I'd like you to think, think of someone else, the babies. In particular, think if you will of a baby conceived in joy and celebration of the passage of Prop K in 2003. Her parents would have expected to take her on the Geary Bus Rapid Transit project that voters approved. And yet, two full decades later, we're still debating it, debating a pathetic watered-down side-running design instead of the center lanes we approved. Anyway, that baby is now in college. She'll turn 21 in August of 2025. She'll want to take the 38 Rapid to Tommy's for her first official margarita, all the way from <laughs> Montgomery and Red Lanes. Does anyone honestly think that if we delay now, she'll have that chance? I strongly urge you to approve the quick build with no further delay. Do it for the Prop K babies so they can turn 21 <laughs> in style. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, I'm in favor of the uh, Geary Improvement Project and in particular the Quick Build Project. And I just wanted to call to, to essentially speak truth to power and name some names. Some of the voices that you've heard have been opposing this project for more than 20 years. 
So I'm thinking about all the people that have been delayed on Geary because this project has been opposed by business interests as well as the former and current supervisors who have all but take lip service to this project. We're finally getting the opportunity to actually put it, put uh, concrete on the ground and to build uh, the Geary service that we all deserve. Um, and it's ironic to me that you have um, groups like Walk SF and Bike SF, they're all in favor of this. Um, and we have the former supervisor invoking their names to try to tell us that we don't need this. We're telling you, we want pedestrian improvements, we want transit improvements, and you had the power for four years to do this and you didn't do anything. No affordable housing, no red lanes. We're finally getting the opportunity. Let's stop listening to these people that have said no, 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 no for 20 years and start doing something for our climate, for the next generation, and for transit riders in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, board members, Luke Bornheimer. I urge you to approve the pr proposal as recommended by staff to improve public transportation, increase safety for all people, and benefit local businesses along Geary and throughout our city. Thank you to staff, past and present for their work. Our city faces a roadway safety crisis, a climate crisis, and a public health crisis, largely due to the city being built around automobiles and prioritizing car convenience over public safety, the environment, noise and air pollution, public health, and local business. While this project, as recommended by staff, doesn't go far enough to address these negative impacts, it is a positive step towards a faster and more reliable public transportation system and safer, more equitable streets. While I can empathize with people who are concerned about this project, data from around the world, including here in San Francisco, shows that improvements like those proposed in this project result in more people using public transportation and other forms of sustainable transportation as well as local businesses seeing an increase in revenue and roadway safety significantly improving. Someone told me earlier today that the debate around this project encapsulated many of the issues in San Francisco today, and I couldn't agree more. Presented with an obviously beneficial improvement, people afraid of change have obstructed and delayed this project with endless arguments full of misinformation and disinformation, and they've succeeded in delaying this project for years. If our city is going to address our roadway safety and climate crises and make it safer, easier, and faster to get around using public transportation, we must approve more, not less, projects like this one. Please support this improvement to public transportation and roadway safety by voting to approve the proposal as recommended by staff. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi. My name is Sarah Greenwald. And I live in District 2, and I ride the uh, 38 all the time. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. As a member of 350 San Francisco, I feel like I'm always having to talk to people like you about the bad news, like the weather extremes, the wildfires, the pollution, all the changes that we have to make. But there's also good news and even great news. Public transit is great climate news. Uh, Liz, she mentioned in uh, the F SFMTA estimates that if this project is completed, it would be as good for the climate as planting 10 square miles of forest. That is about 45% of Park Presidio. So let's roll out a red carpet for transit down Geary Boulevard so people can use it to go to schools and restaurants and shopping and all the activities that add up to a bustling small business section in a vibrant part of town. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. 
Uh, hi, uh, my name is Tyler Hoff. I am a Richmond uh, resident. I live on 17th Avenue. And um, I'm calling to support this project, uh, including the quick build um, and hopefully moving it forward without further delay. Uh, I've ridden the 38 for, for years, both um, for errands uh, locally as well as going downtown. And um, I really feel that the Richmond deserves a robust uh, transit network. Um, I, I agree with uh, former Supervisor Fewer that um, I would love it if we had a, a rail line, but seeing as there's no quick build option for that, uh, I'm uh, fully in favor of this uh, uh, rapid uh, bus solution. So uh, I, I urge the uh, committee to approve it without further delay. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, I'm a District 1 resident. I drive on Gary and I use the 38 and 38R rapid buses. I support the Gary Improvement Project, including the quick build, and I'm looking forward to improved bus service and a more pleasant and safe walking experience on Gary in the near future. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, my name is Jessica Miller. I'm a real estate agent and I support this project and do not further delay it anymore to all the Thank you. Next speaker. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is Josh. I used to live right on Anza Street um, and I have spent thousands of hours uh, stuck in traffic on the 38 Geary. Um, I live in the outer sunset now, uh, and sometimes I do drive the minivan, um, but I am calling in support of the Geary BRT and in support of the quick build, and I am in support of, yes, removing parking spaces on Geary Street. Um, I take the 18 Muni to connect to the 38. This is how I visit some of my favorite restaurants and how I get to my doctor's office. I've lived on the west side of SF for 12 years, and I have been looking forward to Geary BRT for 12 years. I'm tired of being stuck in traffic, and I am exhausted defending myself and my children from the reckless drivers on Geary. We have delayed enough. The climate crisis is here. Were you all, did anyone want to go to Hawaii for vacation this winter? Well, you know what? Cars did that, okay? Cars and climate change did that. So it's time to act. This is a great action. We should take it. The project should go forward. Thank you. Thank you. Sherry can director, that takes you to your 10 minute limit. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, and I just wanna take a moment to thank everyone in um, the public for your comments. The board is listening to you. The board is hearing your comments. You are an important part of this process. So thank you for being here. You've all introduced very important perspectives um, and points into this conversation and we look forward to discussing them. I am gonna take a brief recess of this board. So can we please return at 3.45 for the board discussion and vote. Thank you. SFGov TV. 
San Francisco Government Television.
who would like to speak first uh, to share your thoughts and perspectives? <laughs> Director Heminger, please. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Um, you know, this has been my neighborhood for 30 years. Uh, I've been taking my kids to Joe's since they were little squirts, and now I've got two granddaughters I can take to Joe's. Um, so I've got a rooting interest in keeping all of these merchants around. Um, and look, one way of looking at where we are, if we're going to look at uh, parking as the coin of the realm, uh, is, and I say this to the, to the merchants, uh, that based upon what I heard from Liz, uh, your advocacy has helped save 80% of the parking places you might have lost. Um, to me, that's a pretty good day at the office. Uh, because we're not here to get to 100%. We're not here to get to 0%. Um, and the, the purpose of the project, uh, in my view, is to comply with the transit first policy. And lo and behold, if you read our policy, um, which I think dates back to the 70s, uh, when it started, uh, one of the itemized uh, uh, listed items is transit priority improvements, and I'll quote it. Transit priority improvements such as designated transit lanes and streets and improved signalization shall be made to expedite the movement of public transit vehicles, including taxis and van pools, and to improve pedestrian safety. Well, that's what this job does. Uh, so this is straight up the gut, uh, complying with the transit first policy. Now, that doesn't mean uh, that there's no room for accommodation, there's no room for compromise. There's clearly been a lot of that. Uh, witness the fact that 80% of the parking places are staying and not going. Um, but I do think it's important to get back to first principle here, and that's what the project is about. I do fear, as several people had said during uh, public comment, that delay on this project will inevitably beget more delay. Um, that, after all, is how we got here in the first place and why people are talking about the 70s and 80s um, in a project that seemingly is uh, so straightforward. Um, and finally, I'd like to just single out Liz for uh, the work that she's done. Um, and, you know, when we look up the words uh, due diligence in the dictionary, it's going to be your picture. Uh, <laughs> because uh, you, you've done really uh, incredible work on this project. Of course, you haven't made everybody happy, but I think you've been a good, honest broker. Um, and that's what we need, I think, um, as we move forward on these projects. Thank you, Madam Chair. Okay, thank you, Director Heminger. Other colleagues, uh, Director Hinsey, please. Uh, remind oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just... Um, in addition to seconding what my colleague said, I'll just add a few things. Um, I think to the issue of delay, I think what, um, for the quick build, I think what comforts me about moving forward with the quick build project now is that 
there is no excavation of the actual street. So um, it's, I don't think it's in our best interest, you know, to delay um, the quick build improvements. I do, I do agree wholeheartedly with Director Hebinger that um, the merchants, um, you saved um, several parking spaces and staff have done their um, due diligence to relocate parking spaces, find places where parking spaces can be saved. Um, and also, I was pleased to hear that um, the there was a, that there was a high number of seniors and people with disabilities in this uh, portion of the the project area. And so those pedestrian safety improvements will help um, that population as well. And um, while Gessef Letter, I thought, um, did a good job of bringing those out, so I won't go over those um, right now. I, I was also drawn to the Japantown correspondence that we got, acknowledging that it, at first they had, you know, similar concerns that we heard today in public comment, but um, working with our staff and Liz, um, you were involved in that, you were heavily involved in that segment too, working with that um, segment of merchants and having those conversations, they've actually seen um, some growth in um, their economic vitality. And I acknowledge that um, it's, different corridors, but I I hope that that comes, I hope that um, this project eventually reaps the same benefits for uh, um, Geary Merchants. Um, and then there is just the transit part of this conversation where we do um, want to save as much travel time as we uh, can for the, uh, the Geary itself, especially in light of the fact that we're going to be dealing with probably some pretty significant operational challenges and budget challenges going forward. So any chance we have to, to gain any couple time savings uh, represents uh, operational savings also for the project. And so I Lastly, um, I will also join Director Hemminger in um, his special kudos to Liz for really working with the merchants and really um, making sure that this project can balance um, both um, the Vision Zero um, uh, priorities that we have, the transit priorities that we have, and also our uh, commitment to economic vitality. And I do hope that through ongoing uh, working with the merchants, we can um, build back trust. And I look forward to seeing um, the public relations materials and the economic um, uh, vitality that's hopefully brought through, through this project. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Director Hensey. Director Kahina, please. My screen's. Oh, does that work? Yeah. Thank you. 
think it's off again. <laughs> Is that on now? Yes. Okay. It's glitchy today. Um, well, thank you, colleagues, and thank you to members of the public that um, came and gave public testimony on this item. Um, it's been a contentious item, and it's been like that for some time, and so I just wanted to name that and, and acknowledge that we, we feel that, that tension here. Um, but I think something that, you know, Director Heminger also mentioned here, there's been a, a large amount of compromise throughout this journey. Um, a lot of negotiations that community members have had, um, be it transit riders, be it um, residents, be it business owners, I think everyone, you know, had a, has a huge stake in this project being successful, and success is defined differently for for all the different stakeholder groups here, and and that's palpable today. Um, it was really great to hear in public testimony that there is consensus around the pedestrian safety elements of this project, and that that's something that I think was loud and clear from all the public testimony. That was really great to hear. Um, it does seem like there's also consensus on the value of public transit and its importance for a lot of our youth and seniors and other family members that, that came to give public testimony today. And you know, to Director Heminger's point, it was a good day in the office for merchants in many ways, because I, I do think that there are a lot of wins that the merchant um, community were able to, to get um, from all the different negotiations they had with um, Liz and, and Jeff and other folks. Um, I do think, though, that there's still room for us to, to do some more work um, with the merchants community, specifically around the merchant group that we want to convene. Um, I think, you know, once whatever iteration of this that we end up approving today, um, there is going to be a quick turnaround for us to, to start convening folks, getting that working group up and running. And that's something that I, I do hope we put a lot more time into um, because I, I feel a little unsettled right now that that's not something that's fully baked right now. Um, and so part of that is knowing what the rollout of that process is going to be, but the specifics and the nitty gritty of it is understanding how are merchants going to benefit from a lot of these different programming efforts, right? Um, and that's the part of it that I, I don't think has been fully baked and, and that's it's hard to hear, especially now, because I know you guys have spent so much time negotiating all these different components, all these different street corners even. Um, and I think that's the, the piece that I think would, would really bring a lot of solace to a lot of merchants right now, um, just knowing that there is a plan to help them succeed throughout this journey. Um, the intention is there, and I wholeheartedly believe that the team and, and the staff really have that intention to, to support merchants throughout this journey. Um, but I think with the, we need to really focus on the details of what that's really going to look like. So that's, that's where I'm at with the process right now. I just, I, I don't feel like that piece has been fully baked. Um, but it's great to hear that there are resources. It's great to hear that there's um, staff allocations. It's great to hear that there's partnerships already with some of our sister agencies. But I think that's the piece that I, I just want to see a little bit more um, more definition around, but I don't know if there there's something I missed that that perhaps staff wants to speak to or, or Deanna or other folks um, around that. I mean, what I what I can say is that uh, we have been both trying to plan for everything we need to do to execute the quick build at the same time as getting ready and having clarity of what what the project is that we're going to be implemented and not knowing exactly when this meeting was going to happen. Uh, we do have a task order 
uh, with a consultant firm uh, that just just finished our uh, bureaucratic PO process. I think last week we have a kickoff meeting with the team set up for, uh, I think it's Monday. Um, and we do have a scope of work uh, with, with the consultant team of specifically what the expectations are around uh, we've scoped for a certain number of meetings and there, there's some definition of it. I think I hear you saying you'd like to know more um, and some of it we'd like to leave open to iterate as we go. But there is a scope of work and I could share it. I could pull it up if you're interested. <laughs> no, for sure. But I think uh, part of it is understanding, like if we have a timeline of when we want to implement this project, um, is the working group already going to be active during that, that piece of it? That's the plan. Um, and so if that's the case, when, when do we concrete, like what's the concrete date of when we, we hope that this working group is up and running? Yeah, we, at the same time we gave the notice to proceed to our consultant team, we said we want you to start planning for our first meeting okay. the first week in October. First week of October. That's okay. the goal. That's the goal. Um, and I, I think part of it is also understanding um, all the different resources that merchants can tap into throughout this like three and a half year journey um, that we've allocated for, right? So. Um, those are still things that I'm, I'm trying to better understand what that's going to look like for, for a merchant. If it's a merchant that, you know, feels like, you know, I, I could really use those advertising dollars. I could really, I really want to make sure I can take advantage of this. Having really clear um, parameters and direction and guidance um, for folks to really understand how they could best take advantage of, of those resources that we are going to allocate to this, I think is gonna, going to be imperative um, for businesses during the implementation phase of this. Yes. Director Heminger, did you want to speak again? I'm afraid I do, Madam Chair. I apologize for the merchant and parking issue, but we did have some testimony from a couple of residents about noise. And I think there was an assertion made about whether we're exceeding some kind of noise standard and how severe will the additional noise be for people whose bedrooms are over the bus stop? Uh, so has that come up before, Liz, and what's your reaction to those two points? Yeah, so uh, we heard from some of the folks you heard from today uh, with the concern about the proposed relocation of the 22nd Avenue uh, outbound bus stop. Um, we, we met with them in May and understood, we, we met like at the location of the bus stop and understood their concerns, which were um, primarily about uh, noise vibration plus uh, uh, discomfort with having a bus stop located outside their, their building. Um, in, in general, anytime we try to move any bus stop, we hear from some people like this. Um, and not to discount the concerns, um, but if, if any time we heard that, uh, we would never move any bus stop, probably. Um, we did, there's some language I would be happy to look up, I don't know, in have in front of me, but there's certain things, our environmental clearance, um, there's some standard provisions around noise um, there, that I could look up and tell you, I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, uh, but uh, there also are plans to build a concrete uh, bus bulb, or sorry, bus, not bus bulb, um, uh, bus pad uh, that would be a part of the, the full construction phase that would um, mitigate some of the, 
um, issues that they're concerned about. You mean like a highway sound wall? I mean, no, what? no, it's oh. like underneath the bus where the bus stops. Oh, I got you it. reinforce okay. the, the the pavement there. And in terms of noise standards, I mean, do we do some kind of regular monitoring on the fleet to make sure it's not exceeding? I mean, the buses can't be pretty noisy when they start beeping at you. Uh, I'm, I know our environmental lead, Andrea, is listening in. I don't know if she has anything about um, the environmental that she wants to add. Otherwise, let me go look up the thing and I'll get back to you in a minute. Okay. Thank you. Maybe we can do those and then you can follow up in a minute. Um, I also had some of those same questions, Director Heminger, around the noise. And some, someone else asked about sort of pavement quality and the vibrations in the home. I don't know if you had any. Tariqin, can I have you um, take the mic next to you? It seems that your current mic is not working. Oh, okay. I have a, this one. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Is that working okay? Yep. Okay, great. So, so just a couple speakers mentioned sort of the, the experience of residents on Geary, and that feels important to talk about in addition to the noise. Some, I think someone had mentioned around the pavement quality and the sort of the vibrations yeah. and rumbling. I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to re respond so in terms of pavement quality. within the project limits from standing to 34th Avenue, uh, there would be repaving as a part of that last tranche of work that's shown 26 to 27, uh, and better pavement quality would would address some of the issues raised. I think one of the commenters was actually bringing, raising a comment about the segment that is outside our project limits around, um, I think he said Commonwealth, um, which during the first phase of the Geary project, the pavement condition was not at the level that Public Works wanted to do the full repaving, but we know that PUC may have some additional work there and may um, prompt Public Works to do the repaving. Um, I also think it's worth noting that um, Generally, the bus is going to be operating in the same location on the street as it does today. Uh, the only difference is that when you, for the segment where we're converting angle parking to parallel parking, it's a little closer to the street. But we're not dramatically changing the configuration of the street. And you know, the reality is that Geary is a busy street that carries heavy vehicles like buses as well as trucks. Okay, thank you. Um, just the other theme that I heard and we all heard today is just sort of a lot of concern around the impacts to already struggling businesses. Um, and I heard one commenter say sort of there seems to be a perception that people don't own cars, don't spend money, don't go to businesses. And so we've talked a lot about the potential concerns about parking loss. We haven't talked, and Dr. Keene said this as well, we haven't talked as much about the potential benefits of this project to struggling businesses. Some people were talking about sort of the experience, the pedestrian experience of being on Geary and some of the noise aspects that makes them not want to visit or linger when they visit the Geary corridor. Um, I just wonder if you could share any thoughts to sort of the way that you've thought about this in, in all of your time on this project in terms of your understanding of how people are visiting those businesses, how this project could benefit, um, and how the, the project has been designed specifically to alleviate some of these concerns. Yeah. So we, there's a survey that was done about 10 years ago, I think some public commenters spoke about it, that found that 22% of uh, Geary customers arrive by car and the remaining arrive by transit, walking and biking. Um, we certainly have heard firsthand feedback today and throughout the outreach that making transit 
better and making walking easier and safer and more pleasant will attract more people to the businesses. Um, there's various research, both locally and nationally, that finds that these kinds of improvements uh, help businesses. Um, and I think we expect to see that. From the most like big picture, like urban transportation planning theory, uh, we've learned that when we design our cities and our streets for cars, there's just not enough room for them as the city grows. Um, we can look at LA and see how building more and more freeways only created more and more congestion, and there's pretty much a corollary with um, more and more parking, making it not, not always resulting in what you would expect. And so especially when San Francisco has plans to densify the west side through the housing element, there's going to be more people, and there's just not enough room for them all to come by car. So this provides a way to provide more service to an area, or sorry, more trips to an area while recognizing the limits of the capacity of our roads for private vehicles. Great. And then the other folks I was thinking about um, as it, through this discussion was, of course, our operators and the experience of the operators who have been heroes throughout the pandemic. Um, and I just yeah. have to presume that this improvement is gonna be greatly appreciated by our operators, but was that a perspective that you saw yeah. in the process? So in, I think it was fall of 2021, right before we did our public outreach, we vetted our proposed bus stop changes with some of the operators out of Islaus Creek, um, and they liked them a lot. Uh, they have a lot of difficulty serving near side stops in general and especially near side stops next to angled parking. Um, and so they were very supportive of uh, the changes and tend to really like the, the transit lanes too. It makes their job less stressful. Okay, thank you. Director Yacoutiel, please. Thank you so much. Um, first, I just wanna thank you, Liz, for all of your hard work with this project um, and your whole team. Uh, you described to me as, you know, having such a high-quality team. This is a team that, like, really values um, trying to do what's best for a community. So I just want to honor all of their hard work and efforts uh, with this. Uh, and thank you so much to all the people from the community that came out all the way from the Richmond um, for this. I know it's not easy uh, to show up for these meetings. Um, I just want to kind of guide my discussion questions and kind of my, my requests to the rest of the board, specifically on ways that we can use this moment to assist small business owners who might in some way be deleteriously affected, not just by our work, but, but just the situation in the city right now. I think, we, I think there's some people who are saying that, well, if we're setting a precedent here, if we do too much to help small business owners, because we believe as an agency that this is good for business. And, and I agree that over the long and medium term it is, but we have to also acknowledge that going into a community, going into a neighborhood and doing work can affect businesses. Uh, and we're acknowledging that taking away certain amounts of parking could be bad for business, which is why we've done the work to try to make that as little as possible, right? We're acknowledging and trying to come up with extra parking spaces that we don't want to take away so much parking in a corridor that it does really affect how business is done there. Um, so this idea that we don't want to acknowledge that it might hurt businesses, I think we're already doing that in putting $25,000 towards a construction mitigation plan, and by trying to do all this backbreaking work to add as many parking spaces as we can to ameliorate the concerns we've heard from merchants. So my response is basically, and my request, is how much money, actual dollars, should we and can we give to address concerns from businesses and to help the businesses on this corridor stay open? Um, 
what I'm hearing is $25,000 has, has been allocated for work during the quick build process. For a corridor that's 35 blocks long, honestly, my response to that is pretty insulting. It's like, come on, $25,000 for 35 blocks. And so if this really is a $28 million project, I would like to see more money put in to work to help this corridor thrive. Um, so the, the question, my questions on that is how much were we able to calculate, are we planning on spending on the consultant scope of work? Yeah, so we looked up the task order and the relevant tasks, which also include the consultant time for supporting us convening the meetings and preparing different drafts and final products of whatever direction the campaign comes in. That's an additional 75,000, so it's 100,000 for quick build uh, related uh, business support and the, the quick build cost is just to clarify is something like 1.7 million dollars. The other project cost, I just to get it right, is 48 million dollars for the full project. Got it. Thank you for that. So what I heard was 25k specifically for the 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 project, the consult con construction mitigation work for quick build, 75k for consultant fees, and maybe an extra 40 thousand dollars for parklet uh, alleviation work that we're not going to be able to do. I guess I would, I would just like to figure out how much we can add to that to help the businesses, because it's such a long corridor, perhaps maybe an extra $50,000 or $75,000 uh, to help with marketing of the corridor. What I would like to do, what I think we should explore, and it sounds like Director Tumlin's open to exploring this kind of after this meeting, is take a new look at how we think about when we put money towards construction mitigation, where is that money actually going, and is it, is it going to the most beneficial causes that it can to these merchants. I know we can't decide on that today, but at the very least, I think we should try to add more money than $25,000. If we're spending $75,000 on consultants, we should spend at least that on the actual work itself. So that's something I'd like to propose that we add to this approval today. The second thing I'd like to propose we add is, um, from what I understand, uh, if businesses want to have park shared spaces in the project area, we're not charging them for the initial review fees, is that correct? If it isn't, then I think the least we can do for businesses that are within the project scope area and during the project timeline, if one of these businesses wants to open up their own shared spaces, we should waive our fees. I understand folks might think this is a dangerous precedent to set, but I think it's great policy. If we're gonna go into a neighborhood and we're gonna do work on these streets, we shouldn't then charge business owners to try to make extra money during the construction period. And so I want to propose um, during the project timeline uh, and within the project scope, if a business wants to apply for a shared spaces permit, we shouldn't charge them up to $3,000 a year uh, to, to have a shared space. I think it's the least we can do to help ameliorate any, uh, any potential deleterious effects of this project on the small business community. So those are the two things I want to ask that we consider, and then I have a statement I want to read at the end. So would love colleagues' uh, opinions on it and also the city attorney's perspective. Could we just clarify, there, there's, there's a piece in the staff report about committing to reimburse the cost for those shared spaces that are impacted by the project. Can we just confirm that? Yeah, so, so on the same page. Uh, the, there are two shared spaces in the active, in the angled portion of the corridor right now, Trader Sam and Joe's Ice Cream. Uh, we have planned to cover the cost of them to rebuild the structure into a parallel configuration. So after this project, 
if you guys approve the project, um, we'll communicate with them and then they'll know that they can submit for reimbursement the documented costs associated with rebuilding their structure. Well, that, so that is for businesses that are directly affected, which I understand makes sense. But what we're going into a community, we're doing work, and I think it's, we are, we're a lot of different departments, right? We're one city, and I understand folks not wanting to take blame for hurting businesses and wanting to set precedents to spend too much money in there. But at the end of the day, we all agree that right now it's really hard to own and operate a small business. And waiving fees for a few years for a business that wants to build a parklet, to me, doesn't seem like a extravagant thing to offer the folks in this community if we're going to go in there and do work. And I hope that the PUC does their version of it and, does, and, and meets us in the middle and, and contributes to, to this corridor in that way. My, my reaction is that it's a really, oh, yep, my reaction is that it's a really creative suggestion and in order to be equitable, then we would need to think about offering that same treatment to any business on any corridor that MTA does any work on, and that would want to have further analysis before the board would make such a decision today, but I'd love to hear from City Attorney and Director Tumlin. Sure, thank you, Deputy City Attorney Susan Cleveland-Knowles. So in response to the two proposals, um, in terms of the shared spaces permits, um, I agree, so part of the permit application fees are controlled by the Board of Supervisors, and then part of them are SFMTA fees set by ordinance or resolution. So in order to have an official waiver policy for those, we would need to agendize that discussion with you and then also perhaps uh, corresponding legislation with the Board of Supervisors. So that's something that we could uh, look into, but it's not something I would um, recommend that you take action on today in the in the context of, of Gary Boulevard. So just a point of clarity on that. So we would, the chair would have to decide to put on the agenda a policy change, a request from the Board of Supervisors that if we're gonna go into a neighborhood with some other agencies and do work on our, our projects to give us the ability to either choose or to create a blanket policy to not, to charge businesses for the one-time evaluative fee, but during the course of the project, not charge them an annual fee to get their shared spaces reauthorized while we do work in that community. That would need to be, we need to vote on that, and then the Board of Supervisors would need to approve that policy, and then we could implement it. I am fairly certain that most of the fees for shared spaces are in the uh, admin code um, under the Board of Supervisors. Um, I, and then I think there's a separate fee in the transportation code. Right, but we could, we could ask for them to, to, yes, to change Yes, you could this. urge them to um, create that waiver provision. Okay, I don't think it's, I know we're, we've, we've allocated staff to evaluating shared spaces things. These are real costs to business owners. It's potentially $3,000 a year for them to have a shared space. I, I don't think it's an extravagance for us to offer them a waiver of these fees while we're doing work in their neighborhoods. And I think it's something that we should consider, and I think that if anything, hearing the community here today, I think it's a great place to start. And then, if I may, uh, to the second, or your first point about the increased budget for outreach to uh, businesses. There is a list in your staff report of the proposed funding for this project, and I cannot speak today to whether those sources support the use of uh, 
business support. So I'm not sure, I don't know if anybody here does know the answer to that question, either Liz or uh, Director Temlin, um, but I wouldn't recommend um, modifying the budget today without first understanding uh, if the sources of funding for the project could support that. Meaning we don't even know if we can add more money to help construction mitigation at this time? Or we don't know exactly how we might be able to add flexibility and how to spend it? I think there's two issues. One is, do you have any money in the budget to cover that expense? It, I, I don't know. Um, somebody here may know. And second, if there is additional funds in the budget, do the sources that those funds come from allow you to use the money for this particular purpose? Okay, do we know if we have more than $25,000 to give towards this? So, um, Jonathan Rohr's Chief Strategy Officer, so any capital project at the MTA typically has like three to four to five different funding sources. So when we set up the construction mitigation program, um, as the city attorney's noting, we had to account for the fact that federal funds do not allow us to use those types of dollars for construction mitigation activities. Our sales tax dollars outside of an allocation specifically from the County Transportation Authority for use of this purpose cannot be used for these types of activities. Um, our Proposition B sources within the agency can, can be used within reason within what is the city charter. Um, as the city attorney has noted, if there's a specific component of the project that's causing impact, we can use the dollars for that. So typically, um, we have used general fund appropriations that have come from the Board of Supervisors to support these activities, especially anything beyond what can be identified as a specific project impact. That's why it's been difficult for us in the past. So what I can commit to is we can go back to the budget, look at the various funding sources, um, see what is eligible if it is associated with the project. My assumption is what Liz has given you today is within what is allowable within those various funding sources and, and those types of dollars for this type of purpose. Okay, just my reaction to that is it seems like the number of $25,000 feels a little bit arbitrary and a little bit small. And so I wanna make sure that we're actually delivering as much support an impact to this community as we possibly can. Um, and it seems hard for me to believe that $25,000 is what we feel like is the most that we can provide. If we're thinking about using this, and especially given that we're gonna spend perhaps $75,000 just on consultants to tell us how we should spend the money. I, I agree for the, the component of this project, that element of the budget, I think it is reasonable to ask us to maximize those dollars towards the actual consumers and customer of the service we are providing versus support and overhead services to determine that. So I am taking that as clear direction. I think we can follow up on that and I think that is a reasonable request. Okay, if there's one level of specificity for the board, I would maybe wanna ask if there is a way to and how you would figure out how to add an additional $50,000 to make us at least equivalent to what we're potentially planning on spending in the project scope for our consultative work. So how could we find 50K if we can? Is there a way and how would, where would it come from? So just adding some teeth to it. I will take that as a board request which we can respond to in writing. Great, perhaps before the working group begins in early October, maybe? Yes. Great. 
Okay, those are, and any, any resistance to those two things, looking at waiving shared spaces, fees, and adding more money to the marketing budget from any of my colleagues? If I may comment. Please, please. Um, so, Director Curiel, I think uh, Chair Eakin was hinting that this is raising a larger policy question. Uh, we currently have dozens of projects all over San Francisco. And so making a decision that we're going to treat this project differently from all of our other projects is a larger policy question and I think actually lends itself to a larger conversation about our overall approach to our construction mitigation program. So there is a, a you know, I think we want to make sure that we're doing everything to support all merchants citywide, not just in this one corridor. And it is a policy question for this board to decide how much should we shrink our capital program in order to reallocate some funding in order to support small businesses. But I want to make sure that we're making that policy decision on, on, for the whole city and not just for this one project. And, and what I would argue is that we, in fact, have time. That the quick build pro program that's expected to move forward with the small is one to three days worth of minor uh, disruption. Um, the real work comes with a PUC project two years from now. So I, I think what I, what I would recommend is that we look at the program as a whole and you provide us with some policy guidance about what is the right level of financial and other support uh, in order to mitigate the impact of our projects. Thank you very much, Director Tumlin. I'm in full support of agendizing an actual board discussion on this and taking a holistic look of it, and I don't see any resistance from the chair and vice chair on that. Um, and I do think, though it will not surprise anyone, that it would be good policy to think about all the levers that we have to not only reduce, not only reduce um, potential uh, effects on the merchants but also what are, what, are, what are ways that we, what are fine uh, rebates and other ways that we can actually reduce the burden on these merchants from what they have to pay to us and the rest of the city and advocate to the rest of the city to reduce these fees and fines. These are fees and fines that, you know, I understand merchants have to pay. Um, I would just say as an addendum, Director Tumlin, this is a major arterial on, in the west side of the city. It's not an insignificant project. It's 35 giant blocks. It's big. Clearly, it's brought a lot of attention to it. It's why it's taken 20 goddamn years. And so while I understand that there are lots of projects that are going on around the city, clearly this project is exceptional in some regard, because otherwise we wouldn't have had a special meeting on it. So I do think it's OK to take a special look on how we can provide support in this, arter in this corridor. And um, I guess just to close on that, uh, if I could just ask the chair and vice chair to bring this back expeditiously uh, in terms of what we can do. We can make a policy change if we want to, but then figure out a way to apply that to Gary as soon as possible if we want to. Is that all right? Okay. Then I'll just say this. I thought a lot about this project. I met with representatives from the Geary Merchants, reps from the Council of District Merchants Association. I spoke to Supervisor Chan and was briefed internally. On a side note, uh, I also fell in love with a man who lived at 19th and Geary and spent a lot of time with Rob during the er early years of our courtship, and so I can say that I know the area intimately. I'd like to start by speaking as a merchant to the merchants. I know what it's like to have to read the tea leaves. I know what it's like to have businesses closing all around you and wondering when yours will be next. Three businesses, major businesses, closed a block away from my business in the last few months. 
I know what it's like to look at your P&L at the end of the month and worry if you're going to have to let employees go because you're losing money. I know what it's like to shout into the darkness to what seems like faceless, nameless city departments thinking that they don't understand what you're going through and they don't care about what it's like to own and run a business. I am not that faceless, nameless person. Merchants, if we make this a fight about what we perceive as our needs and the efforts to make our streets safer for pedestrians and faster for transit riders, we will lose every time, and we should. These are our customers too. Today we are planning for the Geary of the future just as much, if not more, than addressing the Geary of today. I took the concerns of businesses seriously, which is why I just mentioned all the things I did to try to help our community as much as we can. And after being briefed by staff, I feel confident that this agency, that us up here, have bent over backwards and gone above and beyond to try to ameliorate the concerns from my people, the merchants, including moving multiple bike share stations to add additional parking, moving the BRT from the center to side running, and keeping two lanes of car traffic. Our role, both as a board here and as a community, is to ensure that the work gets done on time and on budget, and that all of the assistance that can be provided to the delicate local economy is delivered. Before I, feel, before I finish, I feel like I must express my thoughts on the level of rancor that has preceded today's meeting. Voices raised, horrific accusations, generally high levels of drama, and leaders in our city on all sides of this debate acting in ways unbecoming of leadership. This discourse around this project is the perfect microcosm of what is happening in our fair city, what is hampering our fair city from being the best version of ourselves. It should not take 20 years to dedicate a lane to buses. It should not get this nasty to dedicate a lane to buses. It cannot be this divisive to dedicate a lane to buses, if we ever want to be a city that truly leads. And with that in mind, I want to express my full support for the swift passage and execution of this project. Thank you. Is that a motion? That's a motion. All right. Is there a second? Um, second. Excuse me. Um, I just wanted to remind the board that there are two uh, resolutions in your packet today. The option one is the full implementation of uh, the project uh, with some phasing, and the second one expressly delays some portions of the project. So I just want to make sure uh, which uh, option uh, Director Yakutiel is proposing. Mo Director Yakutiel, I'm assuming you're going for option one. You're motioning for option one. Yes. All right. Second. The motion and the second. Can you please call the roll? On the motion to approve option one, Director Hemminger. Aye. Hemminger, aye. Director Hinzi. Aye. Hinzi, aye. Director Yukutiel. Aye. Yukutiel, aye. Director Kahina. Aye. Kahina, aye. Chair Eakin. Aye. Eakin, aye. Thank you. The motion passes unanimously and concludes the business before you today. Okay. With that, we'll adjourn the meeting. The next meetings are September 5th and 19th. Thank you, everybody, for your participation today.